0: desert and the great American Southwest. I bid you all good evening, good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it may be, where you are anywhere in the world, which is where we cover with this radio program, the entire world, all the time zones. Great to be here. I'm Art Bell. It is a Friday night, Saturday morning, and that means, and that mean, well, I don't know what that means. <laughs> We've got to have open lines. I've got a couple of ideas packed away. Uh, but basically, uh, coming up is open lines. Anybody out there know anything about spontaneous human invisibility? Invisibility? That's a subject I want to sort of fool around with uh, tonight a little bit. Let's look quickly at the news, such as it is. Uh, with Israel's approval, the uh, Security Council unanimously adopted a U.S. resolution Friday night uh, welcoming a dispatch of a U.M. team to find out what happened in the Janine refugee camp during a battle that uh, Israel says basically is what happened. You know, it it was a crossfire in the battle. But they will go and look. The FBI has publicly warned more than 1,200 banks in the Northeast on Friday of possible terrorist attacks. The unconfirmed information that led uh, to the dramatic alert uh, came in part from Abu Uh, Zubdaya, the highest-ranking al-Qaeda terrorist in U.S. custody. Authorities cautioned they had no information about any specific uh, threat, but a U.S. law enforcement source said authorities feared a suicide attack. Well, that sure figures. It figures that what's happening to Israel will eventually uh, begin to occur here. The engineer of a deadly Amtrak crash told investigators that he threw on the emergency brakes just before that train derailed because he saw misaligned tracks ahead. Now, that's interesting because uh, they had just passed over the area in an inspection run without any trouble. So, uh, there is a real mystery here. It's like the tracks separated within virtually... Minutes. Gee, what could have done that? Human action, I suppose. Uh, Facing accusations that he protected priests who molested children, Bishop John McCormick has now stepped down as head of the committee developing the Roman Catholic Church's national response to the sex abuse crisis. And then there was this fellow, the pharmacist who admitted uh, watering down, this is incredible, watering down the drugs of 34 cancer victims, has now acknowledged he diluted dozens of drugs over the past decade, possibly affecting 4,200 patients. Wow. Uh, The U.S. Attorney's Office acknowledged it could not uh, conclusively confirm the claim but it could uh, certainly impact uh, thousands and thousands of people. Now, you remember yesterday, the story was the uh, Milan plane crash was trouble. I mean, it was engine trouble or, you know, something like that, right? But, in fact, the pilot plane whose plane crashed into Milan's tallest building, killing himself and two women was a failed business, businessman who wanted to end his uh, life. Now that's according to his son. and this is in a foreign it's in an Italian newspaper. The paper identified the pilot as Luigi Fasulo, who made a fortune in the airplane business, then lost all of it after becoming a self-styled investor. Mm-hmm. He was reported variously as 65 to 67 years old said to live in Prigozna, a suburb of Lugano, Switzerland, not far from where that flight originated, but he was apparently suicidal, according to his own son. So while it may not have been a terrorist action, uh, it doesn't very much at this point look like engine trouble either. In a moment, I'm going to come back, and when I do, I'm going to tell you some pretty interesting stories about something you may never heard of, or maybe you know a whole lot about it, and I've got a feeling that you do. Collectively, of course, we reach at this uh, time of night uh, millions and millions and millions of people, so some of you may know something about spontaneous human invisibility. Anyway, I have a few stories and a potential guest. Stay right where you are. What you're about to hear came to me on the Internet from Donna Higbee. Uh, Donna Higbee uh, is doing an investigation into something that I've been curious about my entire life. A spontaneous human invisibility. As she says, and and, uh, we're going to try and find Donna Higbee... Thank you very much, uh, because she sounds like she'd be a very good guest. In the summer of 1994, she says, I became aware of a very strange phenomena, human, spontaneous, involuntary invisibility, which was apparently happening to people in the U.S. When I checked with other researchers, and I discovered that a number of them had also heard of such cases, so I decided to place an inquiry letter in several well-known journals, asking other researchers and the general public if they'd had any experiences of this nature that they'd like to share with me. Besides, the publication of my inquiry letter, my inquiry was placed on several Internet bulletin boards, and the letters began pouring in, giving me a broader picture of this phenomena, and I'd like to share a few of the stories with you. Uh, My inquiry letter told the story of Vera, in Ventura, California, who tried to get assistance in a post office. Can you imagine this? Only to be completely ignored by other customers and the postal clerk. Now, I've kept in touch with Vera, and she has had other apparent invisibility experiences in stores and other public places. Sheila in Roanoke, Texas, continues to have invisibility experiences, some of which have occurred in restaurants and at the airport. Glenda in Fort Worth, Texas, has had these experiences occur in a cafeteria and a movie theater. Most of the cases that I have researched have been in the U.S., although I do know of cases in England, Europe, Australia, Puerto Rico, and Brazil. Now, I think she's on to something here, folks, because if somebody, even yourself, were to become invisible... There'd be no story to tell other than yours, would there? Because nobody else saw you. How do we know that people, uh, on occasion, do not spontaneously become virtually invisible? Actually invisible? Uh, She goes on, in every case that I've heard of or personally researched, the person is physically still present, although simply unable to be seen or heard. From the point of view of the invisible person, the world looks normal and they've got no idea that they can't be seen or heard by people around them. I'll address how this might occur a little further along in the article, but first, I want to give you a few examples below the quotes are directly from the experiencers to me. Jean in Tucson, Arizona, wrote me of her experiences. She's had them occur in the library, where she attempted to check out books and in clothing stores. The following is a quote from her letter, showing the humor with which she deals with these occurrences. I've had this happen in stores, in restaurants, many places. I remember joking to a friend of mine one time that I felt like I could walk into a bank, help myself to a pile of bills and nobody would ever see me because I was invisible. There is no physical reason why I should be. In fact, I'm taller than average for my sex and age group. I'm 55 years old and 5'9", referred to as good-looking, and I've always worn my hair red. You wouldn't think a tall woman with red hair, high heels, in a purple dress, and dangle earrings would be invisible, would you? <laughs> no, Jean, I sure wouldn't. Or perhaps the story from a 37-year-old man, Peter, in England, who was at a private party in 1987, walked, get this, upstairs to use the bathroom, and was followed by a woman, you know, who also wanted to use the bathroom. Well, the woman motioned for him to go first. She stood outside the door to wait her turn. So Peter used the bathroom, opened the door, walked out into the hallway, closing the door behind him. He went on down the stairs and walked over to some friends and started talking to them. They all ignored him completely. He thought they were playing a joke on him, so he walked away and found his girlfriend and asked her for a cigarette. She, too, acted like she didn't see or hear him. Now, by now Peter's getting angry and thought the joke had gone too far, so he decided to walk back upstairs... And catch the woman coming out of the bathroom and ask her for a cigarette. He says, "I walked back up the stairs and, upon reaching the bathroom landing, I came across the uh, girl again, who was standing outside the bathroom door, clearly still waiting for me to come out. When she saw me, her face dropped in surprise, for clearly she thought she was still in the bath. I was still in the bathroom, Peter." returned to the party downstairs, and then all of a sudden everything was normal again. He was able to be seen and heard normally. When he questioned his friends and his girlfriend as to why they had ignored him, all swore they had never seen nor heard him. Obviously the woman upstairs had not seen him come out of the bathroom and go downstairs. Now comes the case of Melanie in Ventura, California, who became invisible while sitting on her own living room sofa and staring at the wall, lost in her own thoughts. Her husband was walking around the house looking for her, couldn't see her sitting there just several feet away from where he was walking. Now this lasted for about ten minutes. Then, suddenly, she was visible again. Her husband was quite upset with her and thought she'd been hiding from him. She assured him that she had been sitting there all along, but to this day... He doesn't believe her. Or how about Janice, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, who's had a number of invisibility experiences throughout her life. One reported here lasted longer than usual. As a teenager, she fell in with a group of friends who decided to see if they could actually steal something from a department store and not get caught. Well, as luck would have it, the entire group was caught and taken into custody, including Janice. They were taken to the police station, and one by one they were questioned all that is except Janice. Although she was standing right there, no one paid the slightest attention to her, not the police, the guards, or the office personnel. She finally, finally just got up and walked out of the police station without ever being questioned or anyone attempting to stop her. When she later talked with her friends about what happened at the police station, They didn't recall me being taken into custody uh, at the department store, yet I rode in the police car with everyone else, and they thought I was still at the store. No one had seen her from the moment the police had arrived on the scene in the store until sometime after she had walked out of the police station unhindered. What is happening? Why is this occurring? How? We don't have, have any answers for these questions yet, but... In trying to learn more about invisibility, I came across some information uh, that I wanted to share with you. And she, she goes on, uh, she begins to do some research on all of this. And, uh, and I've, I've got quite a bit on that. So I guess my first question to you is Is this woman really on to something? Uh, is this another one of those events that appears to be occurring right now? that uh, we have no explanation for. So I, I, I'm wondering, we're, we're going to do several things, actually, here tonight. Uh, we're going to do something on mirrors. I had a call, as you know, earlier in the week, a fascinating call, um, with regard to experiences with a mirror. Now, there are several researchers doing work right now on Communication with the dead uh, with the use of a mirror in a very special room. And uh, having a significant amount of uh, success with that. So there's something going on with mirrors. And and so tonight, obviously, I would like to ask you about a couple of things right away. One would be the question about uh, a mirror. Uh, Whether you've had any unusual experience with a mirror... And, and the other, of course, regarding uh, human invisibility. And then I've got a third. The third is the following. I thought it was a pretty good idea. Gary in Berkeley sends it. Art, in light of your interview this week with Red Elk, I'd like to suggest a topic for tonight's Open Lines. Along with the mere topic that you intend to do, I've heard, my idea is to invite anyone to call in who spent time in the underworlds, caves, tunnels, caverns, and have seen things and heard things in there, found things in there, things outside the norm, beings, tracks, noises. I think you might get some interesting responses, in, and so I'm open for that. Uh, believe me, I'm open for that. So if anybody has any underground experience I mean, we hear from people like Red Elk and others that there may be levels of worlds below ours, below the surface. Worlds that we don't have the slightest sense about. Pretty interesting stuff. Anybody have any clues? Anybody been in a mine or a very, very deep hole and found anything or heard anything that you cannot or could not at the time explain? So that's a, a plenty, I think, of grist for the mill. Uh, let's go um, all the way to Chicago and say hello to Sandy. Sandy, hello.
1: Hey, how you doing, that Bill?
0: I'm doing all right. Uh, you
1: are in Chicago? Yes, I am. Uh, this is uh, WLS 890 in Chicago.
0: Oh, the monster, world's largest store. You know, after that, they could have called it the world's largest station, because it just about is. Anyway, uh, tell me your story, your experience with the mirror, Sandy.
1: Well, um i was uh talking to my friend one day, and uh, I was just telling an experience i had uh it just i was in the bathroom one day and uh just uh, you know kind of washing up and everything and uh just uh start reflecting you know on things and uh just was trying to put some things together. About what next moves I was going to make in life and uh financial i, I fi- do
0: th- i do that in the shower
1: yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> really it's my time to think. I sit there with a the water beating on my head and think so you know people people do that that sort of thing uh, in different places for you, I guess it was a mirror huh
1: <laughs> well um i was uh grooming grooming myself in a mirror and uh I was just uh just started reflecting I was just you know, just talking to myself, just kind of role-playing with myself.
0: Uh, even admiring yourself. Right?
1: <laughs> my if you will. God,
0: I look good here. <laughs> look at me. <laughs> yeah.
1: If you will. So um, I uh, just, you know, just, just happened to uh, look down in my face and, uh, you know, my shoulders and everything. I was wiping my shoulders and everything off with my towel. And uh just happened to look back up in the mirror, and I wasn't looking at myself.
0: What? You mean you had, you saw yourself, do you think it was like from a few seconds before or in in some pose that you had never been in at all? I mean, you saw yourself not looking at yourself. Holy moly. Uh, was it a previous image or, or what?
1: Uh, I would know that's what I'm, you know, that's what I was asking my friend. I was like, well, wow, you know, I was telling him, I said, man, what? What well, could that have you know, been? Okay, but, the
0: first thing anybody would do is move. So, uh, right. I, and I, I take it you moved and the image in the mirror did not?
1: Well, when I looked up, my eyes were still uh, placed on my shoulders and my chest area. And uh, and then when I caught it, my eyes did look, my eyes being caught. Sandy,
0: that's, hold on, Sandy. Can, can, can you stand the line? Yes, I can. All right, uh, we're going into a break, so stay on the line. So, in other words, when he caught his image in the mirror not reflecting as it should have properly, uh, suddenly it's like there was a glitch and it caught up. Oh, that's kind of cool. What do you think happened to Sandy? So, that's uh, our first mirror story. That and invisibility, I'm very interested. Anybody with any stories out there? We'll be right back.
2: Chart Bell in the Kingdom of Nye. From west of the Rockies, dial 1-800-618-8255. East of the Rockies, 1-800-825-5033. First-time callers may recharge at 1-775-727-1222. Or use the wildcard line at 1-775-727-1295. To reach on the toll-free international line, call your AT&T operator and have them dial 800-893-0903. This is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell on the Premier Radio Networks.
0: So, uh, let's, let's give this a try. If anybody out there has any experience with invisibility, man, is that an interesting topic. Invisibility. Is there a lot of that going on out there? Actual invisibility? So, let's see how many are out there, shall we? Things encountered under the ground in holes, deep holes, caves, whatever. Be very interested to uh, any cavers out there of any stories. Uh, just And, uh, of course, mirrors. And anybody with uh, experience, with, uh, uh, just like Sandy, what an experience with a mirror. We're going to hear more about that in a moment. Stay right where you are. Now, the more I hear from Sandy, the creepier, uh, this really is creepy. I mean, can you imagine looking at yourself in the mirror? uh and 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 seeing yourself frozen it's like you caught the mirror freezing you and the moment that your mirror self realized that it wasn't mirroring you it caught up with you which and that it, it sounds like that's exactly you were just sitting there admiring your extraordinary self and that's what happened yes sir and and as soon as you noticed that it was a frozen image that the eyes Weren't looking as your eyes were. Then, it, then it suddenly. How quickly did it catch up to you?
1: Then the eyes looked up, and uh,
0: the eyes looked up.
1: Yes. Oh, oh eyes that's looked really. Up.
0: Oh, that's very creepy.
1: And then I popped out of this like trance-like state, and uh, I had like ghost and I was like, whoa.
0: <laughs> that would that would utterly totally do me in, Sandy. Thank you. No, I, 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 I'm expecting we're going to hear that was Sandy in Chicago. Well, we're going to hear probably more like that. That would be. That would utterly completely creep me out. Can you imagine Turn around? There you are, right? But the eyes are looking down or something, and then as you watch in the mirror, the eyes look they come up to you. Ay ay ay. <laughs> incredible. Absolutely incredible. That would do, that would do me. Uh, on the first time caller line, you're on the
3: air. Good morning. Uh, this is Eric from St.
0: Paul. Yeah. How you doing, Eric? St. Paul, Good. Minnesota. Yep. Okay. What's alright? I got
3: a mirror story and a, story. a couple of plasma ball stories. If you want to hear those, but the mirror story is much better. No, just give that to me. Okay. About five years ago, I sat out on the porch and I smoked a joint, and then I went upstairs and I sat in front of the mirror, and I sat there for about two minutes.
0: Were you thinking that smoking the joint? In other words, were you actually doing some sort of experiment?
3: No. No, you were no just getting so
0: in other words, yeah. you were just you were just getting stoned. Yeah. And then you went upstairs, happened to go upstairs. Okay, I, I just wanted to make sure it wasn't planned.
3: No no plans at all. Okay. Just staring in the mirror, you know, sometimes you do that when you're high. And after about two minutes it just started turning into like a slideshow. And I was watching hundreds of faces flash through the mirror like about four a second and they were all crystal clear pictures and, you know, analyze them or anything, but...
0: Well, you know, everybody out there knows that marijuana is a mild hallucinogen. Yeah, I've never <laughs> so, seen anything so like that before. I know, but you're telling that story that way, adding, yeah. adding the fact that you smoked pot first.
3: Well, I it, wasn't going to lie and just say it wasn't. Well, I appreciate that. Okay, well, I I don't think there was anything in the weed besides that.
0: Besides but, weed. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, so you so, saw you saw like a, a multitude of your faces.
3: No, there were men, women. Most of them were Asian. Some were retarded, really deformed faces, and
0: oh. I just sat
3: there and watched it like a movie. Oh, about two minutes, and then it stopped, and it was me again. And
0: don't you remember thinking something I like they were my
3: past lives or something? Uh...
0: I mean, yeah, but I know, but didn't it just scare the hell out of you it would me
3: <laughs> thought it was kind of funny
0: you thought it was funny, yeah well well, that lady
3: uh, on that lady on Friday, that last caller that was talking about past lives, yes, after the fact of that, like years after that, I've been trying that in the mirror, except with she said there was like a light to her side. I just focus at my face at a certain way, and I do that same thing she's talking about. Except it's not like a crystal clear picture. It's more like some weird energy being staring at me. Sometimes it's an old man. It's like bright yellow, dark, you know. It's like an energy being. Like, I don't know what I, it is.
0: Okay. Uh, I appreciate the story. Thank you. All right. Well, now, oh, my. So, other than the pot part, you know, which is going to disqualify that story for a lot of people I know, and I appreciate his truthfulness. I don't think pot generally puts on uh, shows for you in mirrors, uh, but you never know, people's metabolism is different, so a lot of people are going to scratch that one off, toss it straight into at least the gray box and say, no, because of the pot. Nevertheless, very, 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 very interesting. Uh wildcard Line, you're on the air. Good morning.
4: Uh, yes, Horace. Hi. Yes, this is Rodren Phoenix. Yes, sir. Um, I've been having a uh, certain experience. I, let me finish my remarks by saying I think this, this is happening to more and more people uh, as, as the shadow people are happening. But I believe that um, this is uh, uh, becoming quite a commonplace experience. Uh, I was in a store uh, just uh, recently, uh, two days ago. That. I was trying to get the clerk's attention and I could not get the clerk's attention.
0: You mean uh, like like you weren't even there?
4: Well, yes. I believe that I was becoming literally psychologically invisible to uh, the people about me, at least the clerk. Yep. And I was doing anything that I could to uh, uh, attract the attention of this clerk. Now, I think that this is having more and more people, ordinary people, every day, and I think that uh, it's uh, happening in public more than anywhere else. I literally had to pinch myself to uh, make sure that I was there.
0: Huh. Uh, and w- did you note when it ended? In other words, was there an apparent time when it ended, and all of a sudden you were back to normal?
4: Well, it it's continued until I arrived home. Uh, I looked in the mirror, and there I was. So I was actually existing. But what I'm saying is that I felt ex- visible in public places, and I found that this is also true in... Um, for instance, uh, public offices, you know, we're trying to... Uh, uh... But
0: but, but you, you you just don't think you're a nondescript person, do you, in other words? Well,
4: this could very well be the problem, but I <laughs> consider myself rather colorful. See, this is a problem. And uh, I've never had this until quite recently. It's been happening regularly and increasingly over the past several years.
0: Uh, but earlier in your life, uh, people had no problem recognizing you there?
4: Well, I can't say that I was always recognized or even acknowledged that my presence registered... But I think that um, as I'm getting older, I mean, I don't know if it's nondescript. I, 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 you know, I'm British, of course, and I uh, tend to be somewhat of a conformist, but uh, rather eccentric, nonetheless. And I just feel that I'm becoming more and more invisible
0: in public spaces. Well, I would notice you, sir. Uh, all right, thank you very much. It, it is, this whole thing is very, very, very interesting. In fact, the author of this article, Donna Higby, again, uh, I've sent this up to the network and said, let's see if we can find Donna went and studied some manuscripts which talk about surrounding yourself with a shroud, which is described as looking like, in quotes, a cloud. It is said that uh, uh, Madame Blatsky of the Theophysical uh, Society witnessed this invisibility for herself and was actually given the secret, uh, thereafter accomplishing this for herself on several occasions and in front of witnesses. The literature on the spiritualists in the U.S. shows there is no doubt that they, too, knew about the cloud and its creation. So what what is this cloud? We are looking, uh, apparently, for something that is between empty space and actual physical matter. In between, did you hear that? Something unseen by the naked eye, but very much in existence. The Rosicrucian manual tells us that the first form into which spirit essence concentrates preparatory to material manifestation is electrons. When spiritual essence gathers into a very minute focal points of electrical charge due to certain conditions, we have the creation of electrons. Science reports that such a cloud of free electrons will absorb all light entering it. And it goes on. Do you see now why I'm asking about this? I think that Donna Higby, uh, wherever she may be, has really stumbled, in, obviously, onto something here. Wouldn't that be fun to try if you knew the secret of the creation of the cloud? I mean, to be invisible. Imagine that. I, actually, of course, if it occurred spontaneously... Which apparently it it frequently does. There is a secret to doing it willfully, but if it occurred spontaneously, it would totally freak you out, right? Like the people in the story. But if you knew how to do it, and you could willfully do it, oh my, the mischief you could You see, that's the first thing I think about, right? The mischief you could get into. (laughs) East of the Rockies, you are on the air. Hello? Hello, East of the Rockies. Hello. Yes, ma'am.
5: Ah, I wasn't sure if it was me.
0: That's you. <laughs> um,
5: My name is Mary. I live outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Okay. And um, when I was a little girl, I remember several times my father would come looking for me, and I would wish in my mind that he couldn't see me.
0: Right. And
6: he
5: would walk right by me. Close enough for me to touch his leg,
0: and he wouldn't see you.
5: He did not see me. <laughs>
0: That's so I got in
5: big trouble. He accused me of hiding.
0: But you weren't. You were what standing I there? Was, or, or no, what? I
5: was sitting on the ground, and he walked right by me. I li- we lived <laughs> on a farm,
0: <laughs>
5: and this happened more than one time, and each time.
0: And you believe that you willed it? I believe
5: farm. I willed it because each time I was in my mind say I. I don't want him to see me.
6: God,
7: that's weird. And,
0: uh, he and, and it see may me? be. It may be that. And it, how old were you at the time? Do you recall? Um, probably about three or four. Three or four. Maybe it's something that's inherent in us, and maybe we can actually do that uh, until we uh, sort of unlearn it and forget it, like a lot of other things.
5: I think it. I think it's easier to do than people realize because even now. If I really don't want someone to see me, they don't.
0: Huh. Huh. Like I'll be,
5: it, it's kind of neat when you're driving.
0: Have you ever really, uh, when you're driving? Yeah. So you mean like they wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't see you or they wouldn't see the car? The
5: car. I've, I've sped past cops <laughs> Just say, oh, I hope he doesn't see me, and he doesn't.
0: You could go speeding past cops?
5: I've gone seventy and a fifty, and I didn't get pulled over.
0: You've got to be kidding!
5: I don't know what else it could be. You
0: know what my experience is? I'm gonna—I'll we'll... give you an honesty. I'll tell you how invisible I am. Uh, here I am going down the highway, and this cop is doing. I think the speed limit was—I uh, forget—sixty, right? Mm-hmm. And I—I th- I thought, oh, you know, you. I got in a left-hand lane, and I just slowly, slowly, slowly started passing him. I mean, I couldn't have been doing more than 61 or 2 miles an hour. And I finally got past him. I turned the right signal on. And he puts on the bubble lights, man, pulls me over. <laughs> and, you, and, and, you know, he said, how stupid is that, passing a cop doing the speed limit? I said, yeah, but I was just barely, <laughs> barely, barely passing. He said, I don't care. I'm an officer of the law. And you passed me. Here. Oh, and he gave me a ticket. That's so, not fun. Uh, no, I'm not. But you, you can do 70 and a 50, go right past the cop, no problem?
5: I've been able to do it more than one time. and uh, it's, uh, Apparently, I can do that when someone else is driving, too. Because my husband has a really heavy lead foot. Yeah, well. And if I see the cop, I'll say, oh, I hope he don't see us. And
0: and, don't, and it works. It's worked. You're a very uh, valuable person. <laughs> Have you ever? So you you you've consciously tested this theory many many times since you were a child.
5: And I just thought everybody could do this.
0: No, 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 no. As I just told you, not me. Uh, thank you. I bet you could. Uh, well, you, you know, on, uh, the other side of the point is uh, I've never actively tried. Uh, I didn't
5: realize that I was doing something unusual.
0: But just in case it wouldn't work for me, I don't think I'd try it passing a cop.
5: Well, I don't do it intentionally, (laughs) but when I see them... Now, if I don't see them first, they get me.
0: Uh, So, in other words, you've got to be concentrating on the thought of not being seen uh, in order for it to work, right? Correct. Oh, that's fascinating.
5: I've never had it happen spontaneously. But when I don't want to be seen, I'm not seen.
0: That is absolutely cool. Thank you. No problem. Take care. I, you See, I told you I knew we were on to something here, or to be fair, Donna Higby's obviously on to something. When I saw this, I thought, you know, here's a, a, a lady who at a, at a microcosm level, uh, compared to what I'm able to do on the air here, has stumbled, has done exactly what I have done so many times on the air, and that is stumble into something that's real and ongoing and actually common, even though totally bizarre. I mean, Twilight Zone all the way, right? Except it's happening. And she's stumbled straight into it. And so, um, obviously, she would make a very good guess. Well, I don't know if she'd make a good guess. She probably would. She's done all the research on this. So we'll try and find her. But in the meantime, uh, we would seem to be in the process of confirming her early research. So this is, uh, to me, this is something totally new. Invisibility, I mean, consider the possibilities. Oh, consider the possibilities of being invisible. And by the way, I wasn't kidding about that That, that story of... Uh, I just crawled past that cop. I thought, you know, sure, most cops are going to give you a five-mile-per-hour speed limit leeway, right? And most cops do, but not this one. Man, I just, I, 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 went, I went by him so slowly, I could have reached out and held on to his, you know, his, like, the rear car door for a second, and then the front car door for a few seconds. You know, I mean, I was just barely crawling by him. But that was it. The minute I got out, got in the same lane, he throws on his lights annoyed that I would dare to sneak by one mile per hour faster than he was going. Those were his words. He handed me those things had said, never pass cop. Do a speed limit. Never. Yes, sir. Thank you. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Hi.
8: Hi, this is Kelly. I'm from Washington State.
0: Hi, Kelly. What's what's up?
8: Um. Well, the first night you had anything about mirrors, you had a woman call in about past lives. Yes. Um... Well, have you heard of scrying?
0: I have heard of it, yes.
8: Well, that's what... um, I went through a period of time where I was obsessive about finding out about past lives. And? And some people told me how to scry using a mirror.
0: And how do you do it?
8: What you do... um, Well, what they told me, you take a source of light, usually a candle, because it's relaxing, and you put it off to the side, and the rest of the room is dark, and you look into a mirror, and if you want to know something about past lives, you just... You you know you say that out loud that you want to learn about past lives and then really? you just you concentrate into the mirror and so that's what I was doing and
0: what e- what exactly did you see?
8: Well, at first I didn't see anything, but then once I got relaxed, I started to see myself turn into a man. That's I was kind of it was like a, a picture, but it was not very clear. Um, the man was taller than me. He had a lot of facial hair, and he was dark. But above my head, how old are you? I'm 16.
0: You're you're a 16 year old girl. Yes. And you became an older man. Yes. Okay.
8: Okay, but
9: how how,
0: how how did this appear to you? Did it appear like a portrait or a simple reflection in the mirror, or were you is was it like you were looking into a movie or what?
8: Uh it was like a reflection in the mirror but it was very blurry I couldn't make out a lot of facial features okay it was you know it was almost like you might describe seeing something in a dream you you can see it but not totally clear okay okay and so I saw these red flashing lights above my head and at first I didn't know what they were I was trying to ignore them because I wanted to concentrate on the past life I wanted to see what was there
0: Uh, You had not smoked pot, right? No, I had not. Okay, thank you.
8: Okay. And so, but these lights kept flashing, and so I let them distract me. I looked up. I was distracted, and I think the reason I was distracted is because I was expecting that they were actually there in the room, not in the mirror. Oh. And so as soon as I was distracted, I lost the image.
0: Oh, So it took that level of concentration to allow it to manifest itself. And the moment you, the second you let go of that, boom, it was gone?
8: Well, I don't know. I think it's more relaxation than concentration.
0: Okay. Uh, But you were obviously in an altered state. Yeah. Better way to put it. You were in an altered state. And the second you snapped out of that altered state, boom, it was gone.
8: Yes. And so I tried to concentrate again. I started making myself relax again. And as soon as I did this, I, well, as soon as I started to see a picture again, it's like something inside of me, not really a clear voice, but just something in my head. And it said to me, do you really want to be shown this? And.
0: Uh, listen, dear. Yeah? Hold on. Uh, we're, we're at the top of an hour, and I've got a break for the news. Uh, so let's do that, and I'll bring you back, okay? Okay. Okay, hold tight. A voice is yet. I'm Art Bell from the High Desert. This is Coast to Coast AM, rocking through the nighttime.
2: kingdom of nye from west of the rockies at 1-800-618-8255 east of the rockies 1-800-825-5033 first time callers may reach out at 1-775-727-1222 and the wild card line is open at one 727 1295 to reach out on the toll-free international line, call your AT&T operator and have them dial 800-893-0903. This is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell from the Kingdom of Nine. Absolutely
0: fascinating stuff. We're talking about spontaneous... Uh, actually, no, we're talking about invisibility. Sometimes spontaneous and sometimes willful, apparently. Uh, continuing, Donna Higby. So science reports that such a cloud of free electrons, this cloud she's talking about, will absorb all light entering it. It will not reflect nor refract light waves, nor are light waves able to pass through a human being. Consequently, the observer's eye sees nothing there, and the person surrounded by such a cloud is, in fact, invisible, since light is necessary for human sight when there are no reflected or refracted light waves bouncing off a person and hitting the observer's retina, the person is not able to be seen and is not visible under normal circumstances. We'll be right back. All right. Once again, uh, back to our caller. Uh, And and, and caller, you said that... uh, You said that... A voice then said to you, do you want uh, essentially, do you want to proceed? Is that correct?
8: Yes. Well, first I'd like to clarify, I've never done drugs and I don't drink alcohol. Oh, uh, thank you. Okay. Well, actually, it was more like my subconscious kind of, you know, it wasn't actually a voice, like an audible voice, just something inside of me said, are you sure you want to see this? Uh-huh. And immediately after I heard that, I thought, I'm not sure. And as soon as I thought that, the candle blew out.
0: The candle blew out? Yes. And the image was gone? Yeah, but,
8: yeah, the image, I started to get an image, and that's when I heard that, and when I said, I'm not sure, the candle blew out. And, you know, since I I was in a dark room, the candle blew out. I freaked out, ran out of the room.
0: Have you ever since? How long ago was this? Oh, maybe a year ago. A year ago. Have you ever thought of trying it again?
8: Yeah, I tried it again once. Oh? But... Nothing happened. I was too distracted. Too much was going on, so I just couldn't couldn't relax, couldn't concentrate. So nothing happened. Well,
0: I'll tell you what. I'm with you. Uh, I would have ended it. I might have ended it long before you did. Um, mm-hmm. it going back into the the altered state a second time was pretty gutsy, I would say.
7: Yeah.
0: All right. Thanks for the call. Thanks. Take care. Mirrors. A second. Uh, very live. Obviously, very lively topic. Pretty strange stuff, huh? What do you think it is about mirrors? First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello.
10: Hi, how are you? Uh, Mike in Tempe. Mike, hi. Hi, um, I wanted to uh, clue you and, and your uh, audience in on, on something they can do. Um, it's, it has to do with mirrors and feedback loops. Uh, basically, everyone knows how you hold a mirror up to mirror and you see through the tunnel to infinity. And if you can do the same thing, you hook a camera, video camera up to a television and uh, film the television, you get the same effect.
0: You get a million uh, images of you holding the camera.
10: Right, or not even you holding a camera. You can just zoom it in enough to all you see is the tunnel.
0: That's right. A big, long, endlessly repeated millions of tunnels. That, right. yeah, infinity. Oh, yeah. You,
10: you are connected to infinity at that point.
0: And, you know, no, oh, God, that's a fascinating concept. You are connected to infinity. Infinity at that point. You are connected to infinity. You're right. And another thing: Have you ever noticed this? That when you have the camera there, if you move the camera to the left or to the right, oh boy, the long tunnel of endlessly repeating um, images will—you'll see the curve in the tunnel.
10: Yeah, yeah. Now, now that is.
0: Totally awesome
10: oh it is it 's a great effect, and not only you check infinity if you tape, if you roll tape while you 're doing this, uh, play it back and capture uh, still frames uh, you you will see some of the most uh, incredible imagery I, and i 'm not just talking you know uh, a cool looking graphic but i 'm talking faces entities and, and anyone with a camera and a monitor can try this ho
0: ho 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 my friend hold on uh, have you Captured any of these still images and kept them. Oh yeah, yeah, sure have. <laughs> oh, you just happen to have them, do you? Yeah, sure do. Oh, gee, uh, how about emailing me a couple?
10: You bet. You know, that's not a problem. Really? Yeah.
0: uh Go to your computer and do it forthwith.
10: Uh, I sure will, and uh, I encourage everyone to try because you know, I mean it. it it's uh, really incredible.
0: Oh, well, you're you're listen. Uh, you're probably dead right on. Um You do, at that moment, have a connection with infinity, and maybe that opens a door to all kinds of things, and maybe that it not only explains the mirrors, but it becomes intensified or magnified, doing the kind of thing you're talking about.
11: After we started
10: doing this, me and a couple of my buddies, we started seeing UFOs, we started filming UFOs,
0: um, what? What? Really?
10: Oh, yes. I, it opens you up to a lot of weird stuff. So if you, if you want to get opened up and experience the weirdness that you can in this ex- lifetime, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> do it up. Because it, it definitely uh, brings about...
0: How long have you been doing this?
10: Uh, almost ten years now.
0: Ten years?
10: Yeah, not focusing just on, on the monitor filming, you know, the connection to infinity, but...
0: Have you published uh, any of your work?
10: Uh, published... Well, I've been—I've had a lot of stuff on different websites. I've been involved in the paranormal realm with a lot of people. You know, I've done book covers for New York Times best-selling authors. You know, and, really? Oh yeah, I've—I've I've met just about. Uh, you know, I've met a lot of people in the field. And
0: <laughs> so when when you do that, for example, what you talked about with the camera and the monitor, and I've played with that a million times. Yeah. It's so fascinating. It is. Uh, but I've never tried to capture images and then look for things within. What, if you you, you want to hazard a guess about what you're seeing, I mean, if you see a craft or a face or a person or an image, what do you think you're seeing? Do you think you're seeing through time, space, dimensions, what?
10: You know, uh, probably all of the above. Um, It's probably different for each person. Each person experiences their own reality and, and they bring to it. You know, to bring to the table what whatever they have, you know, whatever's in them, whatever is around them, it could be multidimensional. Uh, you know, it's it's up in the air, but it's definitely something. It's definitely something.
0: Um, send me your best examples. I'll get them on my website quickly.
12: Okay, I sure will. Uh,
0: just put in the uh, put in the header uh, so that I know. You know, I get so much email. Right. Uh, put in put in the header. Um, uh infinity images okay so i know what it is all right we'll do our all right thank you and take care oh isn't that ever interesting he's so right about that and and i'm and i'm so right about uh, the the other aspect of it that's so interesting is to move out from the center either up down left or right or actually at any angle from center you begin to bend the uh, infinite images the infinite uh, the, the the whole thing the whole it's like a giant tunnel of images and it bends doesn't it hmm. fascinating uh wild card line you're on the air hello
13: uh art you know people should be aware that uh Playing around with mirrors might be in the same category as playing around with a Ouija board. It might. A lot of this stuff sounds like the exact same experiences that people have with Ouija boards, so people might want to think twice. They might bite off a little more than
0: they can chew. They might want to think ten times. Uh, but, but, but but boy, it's interesting. Well, yeah, but it's just, you know, people, be careful. Now, did you hear what the man just said about the video camera?
13: Yeah, I've, I've seen that type of an effect before. I think I mean,
0: most people have, um, but... I think there is a relationship to what he just said and the effect of mirrors as well. Oh, yeah, right. It's all all the same stuff. All the same stuff, yes. except, Except perhaps when you do it with video, you enhance the effect even further. And maybe you're getting a look across some kind of barrier. And to be able to get a still image of that, pretty cool.
13: Well, that's what I'm saying. Ouija boards, all that might be the same stuff. But uh, anyway, onto the subject of red elk and inner earth and holes in the ground and
0: stuff. Oh yes, yes.
13: Yeah, uh, you know, in the book of Revelation, when the uh, fifth trumpet, when the fifth angel blows his trumpet, a hole opens in the ground, Uh, from which from which uh, locusts with scorpion-type stingers on them come out, and uh, their job is not to attack trees and plants, but to attack people for five months. And I would be curious what Red Elk has to say about what these things might be.
0: To attack people for five months.
13: That's what it says. They're not going to attack the trees and the plants like they would normally do, but they're going to go after people for five months. Wonderful. These are creatures coming out of the earth. Now, people might say, well, this is all figurative language. May, I ask,
0: you, may I ask you a question? Sure. Uh, let's say it's literal. Yeah. All right. Uh, how do you think the modern world today? now, would react to that occurrence? I mean, if if a biblical prophecy began to unfold, and and here's this whole, and these locust things come out and begin attacking people, how do you think modern society would react to that? Number one, we'd call in the military. Yeah. Right? Right. And we'd have a locust war. If necessary, we'd nuke the locusts.
13: Probably. They'd probably react the exact same way that they did back during uh, the plague's... uh... You know, in Pharaoh's time and all that, with Moses and all that, but
0: the point is... In science fiction movies, uh, the locusts would uh, eat the nuke up and get bigger.
13: Well, maybe, but uh, (laughs) the the point is, if things are as bad as they're going to be, as it says it's going to be in the book of Revelation, I think this situation is going to be so chaotic. You know, the locusts are just going to be one more bad thing in a whole pot of bad things.
0: Yeah, well, it would be a doozer. Yeah. So no uh, I, I appreciate the call, sir. Thank you. Thing. Uh, very interesting. But but again, think about it. How would modern society react to a biblical or biblically prophesized event literally coming true? Huh? A giant hole beginning to spew locusts all over the world, which then were got big and attacked people. There'd be uh, there'd be a, a loc- human locust war. The United Nations would convene. We would talk about the use of nuclear weapons and all sorts of things. That would be the modern response. You know, back in the old biblical times, there'd be no defense, right? People would just, locusts would carry them away. Today, we've got nukes. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello.
14: Hi, Art. Hi. Great show, as always. It, uh, it, is,
0: interesting, anyway.
14: Yes, it is. My name is Tom. Uh, calling. Uh, actually, I'm from Skinny Atlas, New York, but... Uh, Tonight, traveling uh, to Chicago, I'm just uh, about 30 miles north of Green Bay. Okay. And uh, let's be on the radio here. I'd like to talk about the invisibility thing. Let's rock. Now, if you recall, during President Bush's inauguration, as he was walking to his presidential limousine, a gentleman came out of the crowd and handed him an item—a coin. I,
0: re- I I I remember. Yes.
14: Now, this gentleman um, is is claiming that he has invisibility oh, powers. Oh, that's right. That. Yes, 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 yes. I do. That's
1: and, right. And, and
14: by God, he got by all of the
0: uh, the Secret Service, and they don't have the they didn't have a clue how he did it. And he claimed he was invisible. You're absolutely right. He's done that with not just uh, this president, but I believe several others.
14: Yes, that's what I was going to get to next. He also did it with President Clinton. Now, think about it. If this guy didn't have this power, then, I mean, he got through the first time. You would think they'd be watching for him again, right? Wouldn't he be on that list of possibility of danger to the president?
0: Big time, sir.
14: So how is it? that he does it a second time.
0: <laughs> there
14: we go with a documented point. Uh, I mean, we've got video I and mean, cameras everywhere. It would be amazing to to really sit back and look at the video and see when he actually appeared. I mean, it's got to be a boom right then and there. It's gotta That's be incredible.
0: That's incredible. That's right. I had forgotten entirely about that story, and I sort of laughed it off at the time. But he said that, that he was he could make himself invisible.
14: That's right. Now think about it. With all those cameras, I mean, isn't that an amazing thing? We could go back. I'm quite sure we can get some stock footage. Look at it, and it would be really interesting to see right when he boom appears right there.
0: Uh, You've got a good point. Uh, If the cameras were on that part of the crowd, uh, it would be very interesting to examine it frame by frame and see if suddenly. In the crowd, past the lines where he should have been and all the people protecting uh, uh, the president, uh, he, he just suddenly sort of pops into a frame.
14: Yes, I, I wonder if
0: anybody's actually gone back and studied that.
14: That's really cool, yeah. Maybe somebody uh, who has, they can call in and check it out. Another thing you were talking about is the mirrors oh, yes. and uh, uh, with, with crossing over, contacting people.
0: Yeah, you heard the guy with the video camera angle, right? Yeah,
14: and uh, I have a degree in television production, and when he said about the, uh, seeing the images in there, if you do it and you look close, now I have all Super VHS equipment, now with the HDTV equipment, it's even higher resolution. In
0: fact, so, hi, so high that you would be looking so much further into infinity.
14: Right, absolutely.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, certainly.
14: And in my own experiences with the mirrors, um, in my own house, is haunted. And it is amazing how many times that, uh, uh, you know, I'll be getting ready, grooming myself, and I'll look in the mirror and, bam, isn't there somebody standing right there? And you turn around, there's nobody there. You, well, I actually believe we're looking swear right You
0: You swear to me this is true.
14: Absolutely. Absolutely. My wife has seen it. I have seen it. Uh, her mother has seen it. As a matter of fact, the home that I live in has been in my wife's family for nearly 100 years. Her father uh, was actually born in that house, All and right. he passed away in that Can house.
0: Can you describe the image that you see or have yes. seen?
14: As a matter of fact, the image that we have seen many, many times is uh, of my uh, deceased father-in-law. And it's not a clear-cut image. It's a, I more mean, of an I mean, outline.
0: You, you know that to be true from photographs or, I don't know, well, what, no, whatever? I,
14: I, I knew him personally before oh, he passed oh. on. Okay. And what's really amazing is there are times that um, you could smell he would wear the uh, the, the, the grease in his hair as more like a Vaseline and it's just her and I in the house now. It's a very large home, 3,000 square feet, just so, her so and I.
0: You can also smell it.
14: And you would smell it, it is amazing, and then there's other dirt. I can go on and on about some really neat things that have happened. and Well, it may be yeah.
0: that this uh, this look into infinity, whether it's a mirror and a, a partial look into infinity, or it's something uh, you know a little fancier like that man described, either way, it may be that you're opening a door
14: and I believe so. I believe so. There, I believe the other side does try to come back and contact us and warn us about things and tell us about things and also even uh, pat us on the back when we're not feeling that good. You know, well, maybe, maybe, good. maybe,
0: sir, the other side, it kind of stands to reason, the other side is infinite.
14: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> uh, thank you very much.
14: Thanks, sir. Yeah, Great t- show. Take
0: care. Uh, maybe the other side is infinite and perhaps the pathway to infinity is uh, at least partially achieved with a mirror. And perhaps, as he pointed out, with uh, ever higher definition, the uh, the pathway, the tunnel, if you want to call it a tunnel, to infinity, uh, is um, longer and uh, ever so much more clear any way you look at it, it's an absolutely fascinating topic, isn't it? Anybody else on this? <laughs> Good morning, I'm Art Bell.
7: I've been where the eagle flies, rode his wings across all the skies. Kissed the sun, touched the moon, but he left me much too soon, his ladybird. He left his ladybird. Lady Bird, come on down, I'm here waiting on the ground, Lady Bird, I'll treat you good Oh, they?
2: Bill. No. In the Kingdom of Nye, from west of the Rockies, dial 1-800-618-8255. East of the Rockies, 1-800-825-5033. First-time callers may reach out at 1-775-727-1222. Or use the wildcard line at 1-775-727-1295. To reach out on the toll-free international line, call your AT&T operator and have them dial 800-893-0903. This is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell on the Premier Radio Networks.
0: Bill in the state of Illinois says, I agree, your callers are playing with fire in capitals, looking into mirrors, Ouija boards, and so forth. People are biblically illiterate and will follow the Antichrist thinking he is Jesus. It is written in capital letters. Fire players. This uh, the the author Donna Higby of this article goes on interestingly. How is this cloud created intentionally? Uh, It's difficult to say. Uh, There are references to and descriptions of invisibility and its creation in the writings of secret societies, but most people don't have any access to these writings. One could go to Indiana, uh, I'm sorry, India, and become an apprentice of a student of an Indian guru or perhaps a teacher to learn these techniques, but that probably is not practical in modern life. To the everyday person, the knowledge of how invisibility works is a mystery. With that being the case, just how are people having experiences of spontaneous, involuntary invisibility? I wish I had the answers. They're still in the midst of our research. Indeed, they are forming the light-absorbing free electron cloud around themselves. They're doing it unknowingly and without knowledge of the method. Some uh, kind of focused mental thought process must be employed to make the cloud form around oneself. Then uh, it might be that these people are doing this unconsciously. At the start of my research, I was interested to see if there was a correlation between human invisibility, and people who report having experiences with non-human entities. It is known that invisibility is one of the components making up the abduction phenomena. The first several people who came to me with invisibility experiences were abductees, and I hope to show a link between abduction and human invisibility, and it goes on. You know I've often said we own the night I mean we are here in the nighttime hours right and as it was once said that uh, sleep is a little slice of death it may well be that nighttime is a little slice of invisibility first time caller line you're on the air good morning
15: hi good morning how are you fine
0: and where are you
15: I'm in Chicago
0: Chicago's hot tonight. <laughs> yeah,
15: I heard earlier someone was calling from Chicago. Okay. Uh, well, this is about invisibility, and um, I was at a party. This was New Year's Eve, the year 2000. Big one. Yeah, uh, and it happened. And it's very unusual. It happened at midnight, and there were a group of about ten or twelve of us at this party, and we were in the kitchen, and uh, I was talking to the hostess's brother. Right. Against, we were standing against the wall and just chatting, and I was about a foot away from him, no more than that. <clears throat> and people were taking pictures, and someone took our picture while we were talking. It was with a Polaroid. Right. And we kept talking. I didn't <clears throat> pay too much attention to what the picture was turning out like, but when the <laughs> picture got developed, um, I wasn't even aware it was being—it was already developed. I heard a, a commotion around the table, kitchen table. Yes. And everyone was going, "Oh my God, I can't believe this! I can't believe this!" And what? they kept saying my name. So I turned around and I said, "What's going on?" And Cirolta, who was uh, who was a friend of mine, who was the hostess of the party, and I was standing talking to her brother, said, "You're not in the picture. You disappeared."
7: <laughs> <laughs>
15: I said, "Come on!" And I thought they were joking. Yeah. And they said, "No," and they were all dead serious. Their mouths were hanging open. <laughs> And I went over and looked, and I said, oh, my God, I wasn't there. You could see the wall behind me.
0: Did uh, anybody, uh, most specifically the person having the conversation with you, notice that anything at the time when the picture was snapped?
15: No, No, but there is one unusual thing that that I, I don't know if this has anything to do with it or not. No one noticed me disappearing. I was just not there on the photograph. I was, it, it, it was a big space where I was supposed to, you know, just empty space, and he was talking to this empty space with
5: the wall.
0: In other words, everything was there as it should have been in the photograph, right. the wall, and whatever right. you normally would have blocked by being there. Right. <laughs> the only
15: thing that, that we thought it might have been is, uh, I collect antiques, and I had purchased a ring, and this ring is, I got it from an archaeologist, And it's close to about 2,000 years old, and it was dug up in Europe in a place called Moesha at one time, I don't somewhere in in Europe. Uh, The ring has unusual symbols on it. It's bronze, and I don't know what these symbols are. We thought maybe it had something to do with the ring. We weren't sure.
0: Well, have you had any other experiences uh, while wearing that ring?
15: Uh, No, I haven't, not while wearing that ring, (laughs) but I was never photographed before wearing the ring either, and I turned out in all the other photographs, just not this one, and this was right at midnight.
0: Uh, Right at 2,000? Yeah. (laughs) Interesting story. Uh, Well, stick around. (laughs) Take care. That would be uh, a little unnerving if somebody came up with a Polaroid and... Snapped a picture of you and somebody else, only and the space where you were supposed to be is totally empty in the photograph. Mm. Wild Card Line, you're on the air. Good morning.
16: Good morning, Art.
0: Hi. How are you, and where are you?
16: Good. This is Lisa in Upper Michigan.
0: All right, Lisa.
16: And uh, I have a theory that some of this might have to do with time travel because I have um, all of my four children are all... Um, gifted in some way because we were from irish seers on one side and medicine people on the other side so you get a handful there right sure and my middle daughter um, was always a little afraid of her talents and so we didn't encourage her in anything and she had moved away she just gotten married and she was living in an old victorian down in um Lagrange, Illinois, and I was kind of hesitant for her living in an old place because she really liked to. She would have liked to have gone back to the Victorian times anyway
7: uh-huh.
16: Well one morning um I called her to see how she was doing and there was no answer and she always promptly picked up the phone So I was really worried like where could she be and if I was there she probably wouldn't have been there but then um, later on she called me and she was crying and really upset and I said what's the matter honey and she said well mom um, you know Tom got up and went to work and I went back to sleep and and uh I heard some noises outside so I got up and I looked out the window and she said uh, what I had heard was clip-clopping like on Mackinac Island you know horses and she said the street was full of horses and carriages, and people were dressed in the old-fashioned way.
0: Holy mackerel. And
16: my phone was missing, and my alarm clock was ah. missing, and I was so scared. In other was,
0: words, in other words, all
16: the things, moved.
0: all the modern things mm-hmm. were gone.
16: And she had slipped back into time, and, and she didn't know how to get out of that, that little um, loop she was in. And so... She, she just got back under the covers and cried herself back to sleep and, and then, uh, she woke up a couple of times, still heard it, and then the third time she woke up. It, the noises, were, the ambient noise was different. And so she right away reached up, and the phone was there, and she grabbed it, and she called me. Now, this happened one other time with her. Oh, that's incredible. And so I said, you've got to get out of the old house. You're slipping back into that timeline, and you mustn't do that. You've got to get into a new house where there are, there's nothing there, no doors to open. And she knew about the doors on that because we had talked about what, there's a, an elderly Indian um, friend of ours, a relative that keeper of some doors up here in this area and has had to shut a few because every once in a while some people fooling around with mirrors and stuff they open a door and then these other dimensional things can come out and they they mess with um, the other elementals that are supposed to be where they are like the little people in that so he has to get them back and shut the door so she knew about stuff like that and she did move and didn't have the problem again and So
0: So I suppose uh, somebody at that level, a medicine man, uh, probably has a lot of disdain for people who toy around with this kind of thing. eh?
16: It makes a lot of extra work, and I've helped him on a few things where um, people have done that. But in this one particular time, I didn't see the creatures that he was dealing with, but he threw them against uh, uh, by the song and the chant that he was doing and the drumming that someone else was doing, yes. he threw them against the clay bank, and we all of us saw the imprint of the the uh extra dimensional creature oh, 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 oh. and you know and then he smoothed the clay over and trapped them again, and shut the door. You can't really see these doors, but you can you know how heat looks on a road where it kind of like shimmers up, yeah that's kind of like what it looks like. When you see one of these things, you can even <laughs> walk by it, you know.
0: <laughs>
16: so you should really be careful with with these things. I've got
0: you. I, I'm with you all the way there. And I, the
16: cloud, you can do the cloud. You could learn it. You yourself could learn it. But then the cloud starts to get stronger than you are if you do it too much or you don't do it right. And then, <laughs>
0: you know. So you know about this cloud.
16: Oh, yeah. It's When you get into all of these, like Rosicrucian or whatever, or if you go into the Medewin, which is our secret society, all these teachings are the same. The higher you go, the closer together you come in the teachings.
0: Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you, Art. Uh, good morning. Well, I guess I had to look into the uh, Rosicrucians a little bit, huh? So the cloud is uh, more than just sketchy knowledge people know about this. Hmm. More interesting by the moment. Uh, East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning.
12: Hey, good morning, Art.
0: Yes, sir. Where are you?
12: I'm in Missouri. Missouri, okay. Yeah, I was listening to you Friday night, and you had a fellow on there that said he could travel out of time. He could stop
0: time. Stop time, yes. We talked about that last week a little bit. Uh, he claimed he could stop, literally stop time, like in an old Twilight Zone where ev- yes. everything freezes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh-huh.
12: Well, I tried desperately to call in that night. I listen to you every night. I'm a long-time listener. My dad turned me on to your show.
0: Are you telling me you've done this or you know somebody who does?
12: I I do. I don't do it on purpose. It just seems to happen. It is it's like a real I I get real dizzy and and everything's real hazy.
0: And you can stop? Time. Yeah,
12: things things just all of a sudden stop and I get a head rush.
0: Yeah. And
12: while things are stopped, I I've, I've developed kind of a a habit of fooling around while things are stopped, but I don't know how long it's going to be stopped. Pull, for, pull,
0: pulling but, around, pulling well, around. I, how?
12: I shoplift.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you do?
12: Yeah, I've become quite the klepto when things like this happen.
0: Uh, well, you know, I I didn't exactly say that earlier, but I suppose,
7: you know, fooling
0: around th- with something like that might be something you try to sort of prove the theory
12: it's something it's it's really easy to do like say you're in circuit city and you're sure. looking at the dvds and <laughs> things go wiggy <laughs>
17: yeah.
0: you
12: you've got a copy of something sitting there in front of you and everything stops it's like well i'll just take this and walk out of the store with it
0: <laughs> in your hand in the open
12: yeah, right out in the open. And
0: you claim you've done this and no alarms went off, nobody chased nothing. you? Nothing. Nothing. You just walk right out of Walked city right with out. a city. out. I fence. haven't
12: had the guts to knock over a bank yet because I don't know <laughs> how long it's going to last.
0: In other words, it can, you're telling me this can end involuntarily. Uh,
12: yeah, it, 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 I don't control it.
0: It just comes and goes. Oh, then you're right. It could be awfully dangerous. Uh, yeah. So you got to be real careful. Well, weren't you a little concerned head, headed for the door of Circuit City with a DVD? Oh, yeah.
12: It, it gets real risky. That's why.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
12: it's a rush. <laughs>
0: uh, can you can you make it happen?
12: No. It just happens. And I went to the doctor.
0: You told a doctor about this?
12: Yeah, I've uh, been going to the VA, to the psychiatrist,
0: since uh-huh. I got out of the Army. Okie dokie. Uh,
12: and, and what I... does
0: your doctor say?
12: Well, they put me under hypnosis to find out if this actually happens, to see, you know, because I wanted to know if, if I was going crazy or
0: not. <laughs> uh, fair enough, yeah, sure. And
12: okay. they, sure enough, they said, well, you believe it's happening. <laughs>
0: I'm like okay. I mean, that's actually what they came back with. That yes, yeah. you do believe. I it's believe
12: it's happening. My doctor said <laughs> I believe it's happening, and I'm I'm coming home with stuff and never getting caught. So you never know. I could be lifting people's wallets. What? And what,
0: what well, have you uh, have you done anything uh, other than uh, short term profit with it?
12: Oh, yeah, Back when I was in school, I used to look under girls' dresses and stuff, you know little harmless things. <laughs> it's happened all my <laughs> life
0: uh
12: you know bad stuff that's why it's I so nice to name.
0: know you're out there. <laughs> <laughs>
12: well, see, that's another thing. I suspect lots of people can do this, and you were talking about invisibility tonight.
0: well, have, you, think, have you ever seen these statistics on the amount of uh theft that Stores uh, uh, lose is like a terrible, 10 or 20 oh, yeah. percent or something like that. I wonder how much of it is due to people like you.
12: <laughs> and and I was wondering, about that girl that called from Chicago, Yes. I was thinking maybe she might have slipped out of time temporarily when that picture was taken involuntarily.
0: Anything's possible, sir. And That's what I've learned, anything.
12: I'm sure there's people out there all over the world that can do this and have been doing it. You ever lost your keys or your wallet? (laughs) Don't
0: don't you... Well, as a matter of fact, now that you mention it, yes.
12: And can't figure it out?
0: I always figured it went to a place called the land of the lost.
12: Well, it may be somebody doing what I'm doing.
0: Also documented in a Twilight Zone. You know, that's right. It could be people like you. What a menace! I mean, you
17: have this incredible talent,
0: and what are you doing? You're looking up girls' dresses, and you're 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 taking stuff from Circuit City. Now, that's <laughs> uh, surely there has got to be. So, what is it next? A bank? You're going to try a bank?
12: No, that's two major leagues. If if it decides to peter out on you in the middle of the job, you're in trouble. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, but, I mean, what jail could hold you? Well, that's true. In the long term.
12: In the long term, But yeah. you would get a record. Yeah.
0: They know who you
12: were. You wouldn't be saved, so.
0: All right. Well, extremely interesting and somewhat pathetic.
12: Yeah, It's too bad that one guy couldn't share well at all he had done last Friday. I'm sure he's got a lot of stories to tell, too.
0: <laughs> no doubt, sir. Thank you very much.
12: Nice talking to you, Arthur.
0: And to you. What? <laughs> oh. What do you say about that? What a talent, and what a what what a waste of talent, you know, for a DVD. <laughs> West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Hello. Hello. Yes.
18: <clears throat> I'm sorry. I didn't realize I was on. Yes, you are. All right. I'm in California. Yes. Uh, my name is Trace. Okay. And I never realized that other people had this thing happen to them about, you know, sitting in front of a mirror. Oh? The first time it happened to me, I was 12. And you know the old-fashioned dressing tables? Oh, sure. Uh, you know, they have the mirrors?
0: Yeah, of course.
18: Well, I was sitting there. I was about 12 years old. And, of course, you know, at that age, you're looking at what you can do to your hair and all that kind of thing. And then all of a sudden, it's like I felt this change in energy. It was very strange. And it really kind of frightened me.
0: Twelve-year-old girls have a lot of energy. Ah. <laughs>
18: and I remember hearing this voice, and it wasn't...
0: Hold, hold it right there. Can you hold on through the sure. breath? Oh, all right, good. It's a good place to hang everybody up anyway. I remember hearing this voice. That's where we'll pick up. I'm Ardell. This is Coast to Coast AM, raging through the nighttime, that little slice of invisibility.
2: the kingdom of nye from west of the rockies at one 800 618 east of the rockies 1-800-825-5033 first time callers may reach out at 1-775-727-1222 and the wild card line is open at one 727 1295 To reach out on the toll-free international line, call your AT&T operator and have them dial 800-893-0903. This is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell from the Kingdom of Nye. Mirrors and invisibility, that seems to be where we're going this night. And to
0: continue with what this investigator, Donna Higby has said, she says in our culture we have sayings like, she looked right through me, they acted like I wasn't there, and so forth. There are several reasons why someone might use that kind of phraseology. There's been the supposition that minorities, and to some extent women, are somehow less in our society. Thankfully, this attitude has been undergoing a change in recent years, but a person who falls into that category, that society is traditionally considered less and important, might take on the stereotyped role and believe this to be true to the extent he or she feels so unimportant that to him they don't even notice uh, he or she feels invisible. Another reason could be the mental health of the person involved. Severely depressed people can experience what is term nihilism or the feeling of such uselessness and worthlessness that they feel invisible to people about them. A person with extremely low self-esteem might feel he or she is unworthy of being noticed, therefore feels invisible in these cases. The feeling of invisibility is a subjective one on the part of the experiencer, not necessarily based in fact And I think we have all had the experience of a person simply not paying attention to us, not seeing us uh, or what we're doing. But if we were to go up to them, stand directly in front of them and speak to them, their attention would be drawn to us and we'd interact. The phenomena of human spontaneous involuntary invisibility is quite different. My research has shown the people to be well-adjusted, well-educated, and taken totally by surprise at the occurrence of invisibility. Often it takes several such occurrences before they realize they're truly invisible during certain times to other people. They attempt to interact with those around them, simply can't be seen nor heard. This produces frustration and, in many cases, a sense of fear at something which they don't understand. There's big difference between a person purposely not interacting with you uh, because of some cultural or personal reason versus a person not interacting with you because he can neither see nor hear you. All right, uh, back we go, and uh, you are back on the air once again. All right. Hi.
18: Hi. Well, as I said, I was looking in the mirror, and I heard this voice because I was really frightened. But it wasn't like a preteen voice. Uh-huh. It was like this adult voice, oh. saying, "I'm not ready for this yet." Really? Yes.
0: Uh, in one other case, a young gal earlier said the voice that appeared to her or that she heard in her head was, "Are you sure you want to proceed?" or something uh-huh. like that. Ah. Uh-huh. And you—you you heard you're not ready. I, you know, I,
18: it was in the first person. I'm not ready for this yet. And it was just that tone.
7: It's an adult
18: part of my spirit, I guess. Wow. So I never had another episode until about 14 years later. Oh. And I was getting ready to go out, and I was looking in the mirror, you know, obviously, putting makeup on. Sure. And, whoa, I felt the shift again.
0: What kind of shift? What do you mean?
18: I felt like my energy was being pulled into the mirror.
0: Your energy was being pulled into the mirror. Yes, it's
18: a it was it's a very strange sensation. That's the only way I can really express it. <laughs> and I thought, oh well, okay, let's see. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that I was standing in there saying, okay, come on, let's go and let's so, get So, so you
0: you let it go. What happened?
18: Yes. Well, I had um, a past life as an Indian woman. And it went through from when I was born to when I died.
0: You mean kind of like a, a, a movie?
18: Retrospective?
0: I don't know.
18: Really? <laughs> yes. but But the interesting part of this thing to me is that I had experienced the energy shift prior to looking in the mirror when I was 26. And that was when I was with a friend of mine and my children. And there was no liquor. There were no drugs involved. Right. And we had taken the children to the exploratorium. And it was a beautiful summer day out. And she and I were talking, and all of a sudden, I felt that shift. And it kind of startled me because it's as if, well, it's not as if, it's, I can be standing talking to you, but I can feel this energy going somewhere else. And in my mind, I can, I know how I lived and died and what my entire life was. And I finally learned, I think what bothered me the most was that I couldn't control it. I mean, it would just come on me.
0: Well, that's what I'm hearing, uh, thank you very much, from this article and from so many other people, that it appears to be involuntary. Even that man who did his doings in Circuit City and elsewhere, he he said, uh, he warned, that it would come and go uh, unexpectedly, Therefore, I guess you could not make a career of what he was doing. Or at least he wasn't ready for that yet. But in every case, it seems to be involuntary. I suppose you could learn. There must be a way to learn to do that. (laughs) First time caller line, you're on. West of the Rockies, call toll-free 1-800-618-8255. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. You're not allowed to give your last name on the air, dear. Uh, I'm going to have to bleep that part out. And uh, so you're, we'll just say you're Laura. Where are you?
19: I'm in South Carolina.
0: Okay, South Carolina. Welcome to the program.
19: Thank you. Um, I just started recently, recently listening to you. My husband got me listening to you. Uh, I Back when I was 18, I'm 24 now. Mm-hmm. I was watching my aunt's child and it was it was dark, it was late at night we were we were upstairs, and she's got a a window at the bottom of the stairs, and it's high up It's higher than the trees, you know at night when the window makes like a mirror effect,
0: oh, of course, yes.
19: Because you got the lights on, sure anyway, um, you know, I was calm, we were playing a game, was not freaked out or nothing, well. All of a sudden, I just happened to have the feeling to look down at that window, and when I did, I saw like a shadow, like footprints, go from one side of the house to the other huh. through that through that window. Yes. And I I was freaked at that point, so I called my aunt and my grandmother, and they came over and didn't find anything, but I'm wondering. There was a woman that lived in the house with her husband. Her husband decided, for whatever reason, he killed her. Oh, really? And I'm wondering if, if that was her ghost, but I just saw the shadow of her footprints, because I didn't see anybody. And nobody was in the house, and the window was too high up for it to be anybody outside.
0: I wonder if you had been looking directly, instead of through uh, that reflection, you would have seen anything at all.
19: I, I, that's what I've always wondered, and they they always said, well, you know, you you must have got freaked out for whatever reason, but I was calm at the time when I seen it. So afterwards.
0: No, I'm with you all the way. I hear you. All right, thank you uh, very much. Again, though, I I wonder if you had been if you had had the ability to see directly as well, whether you would have seen it, or if it was only the reflection or the little dip into. Uh, Uh, the beginning of infinity, that's only the beginning of infinity. I'm still somewhat mesmerized by the gentleman calling about the camera into the monitor. That is a trip into infinity. And the higher resolution uh, you would have, as in HDTV or whatever, the next step in technology, the further into, uh, in other words, uh, from a pixel point of view, as the resolution increases, the depth into infinity in which you're traveling increases. Right? Wildcard line, you're on the air. Hello.
6: Good morning, Art.
0: Good morning, sir. Uh, this is Kat from near San Francisco. Yes.
6: Uh, I'm surprised at you. You were in Vietnam. Haven't you ever heard the phrase, making yourself invisible? <laughs> yeah, of course. But that's Not a joke. I know. Well... You know, under combat conditions, and this is particularly true of Lurks, seals, yep. rangers, uh, virtually all the SOG units, uh, sometimes you get in a place where you can't really get concealment, and there's pure
0: terror. You want to be invisible. That's right, yes. And uh, you are. Well, and sometimes sometimes, after the the first, and sometimes you're shot, too. No.
6: Once you do it. A couple of times, couple three times, then you start learning to do it by pure willing, like the lady in uh, what was it Tennessee said. And once you get to that point,
0: yeah, it, it gets
6: real interesting.
0: It wouldn't surprise me, but that some people have mastered this cloud um, or whatever it is that it takes to initiate this—that they suddenly understand it. Otherwise, it appears to be completely involuntary.
6: You don't understand it, but you become confident in it. But there's a hang-up. Animals know you're there. (laughs) Fortunately, a lot of people don't go hunting other people with dogs.
0: Well, you know what I think, then? What? Circuit City needs some
6: animals.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the call, sir. Um, East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Hello.
20: Good morning, Art. Good morning. Uh, I have experimented with both the visibility and working with mirrors.
0: Oh, uh, oh.
20: Yeah. <laughs> Over the years, yes. Yeah.
0: Experimented with it. Uh, why Now, why would you begin, how would you even know to begin to experiment with it?
20: Uh, well, with the mirrors, I started experimenting with that because I had heard my teenage children several years ago talking about uh, Bloody Mary, the game that kids used to play. and They'd stand in front of the mirror in the dark and say, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, and spin around ten times, and then she would appear in the mirror. Well, I snuck off into the bathroom one night to see if it was true.
16: <laughs>
0: you say Bloody Mary or you drink ten Bloody Marys? <laughs> you,
20: you say it. <laughs> you say
0: Bloody Mary ten times.
20: No, you say it three times. Three, three
0: times, times, sorry, three and... times and then spin around ten times.
20: Right. Well, let me tell you, I had no success with that because by the time I spun the fifth time, I fell into the bathtub. I <laughs> 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 well, off balance. So I guess it's something just for teenagers. <laughs> 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 But I had heard several people say different things about that over the years. Somehow
0: that calls the picture to mind, you know. <laughs> Bloody Mary, there you go, swinging around, get halfway there and flop into the tub. <laughs> I
20: lost my balance and said, "Wait a minute, this is too painful." So,
0: <laughs>
20: but I started doing other things over the years, and I would notice sometimes I would catch a glimpse of someone else in the mirror. Oh. When I would, you know, just be like walking by a mirror.
0: You know, I I was just going to interject before you go on that uh, perhaps the name for that came from the fact that uh, it originated with an older lady named Mary who tried it and got real bloody.
20: (laughs) Falling in (laughs) the (laughs) bathtub. That's that's
0: right. Anyway, you you, you begin to get serious there and say you you have seen images. You've seen what Uh, exactly?
20: Actually, in the beginning, I didn't know what it was, uh, but it was uh, an older woman. And she looked just like me, except she was old.
6: Real old.
0: Really?
20: And I would look at it for a minute, and then it would just fade back into myself. Huh. And then I started thinking huh. about just trying to see it on my own. And yeah,
0: but you see, if, if, if this is some little tunnel into infinity, uh, infinity may traverse time, and it may well be that you were seeing yourself old.
20: Yeah, it looked exactly like me, except with long, you know, the same type of hair I have, but with, you know, it was gray and old and. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> the rest of the story, is that I started trying to do it on my own without it being an accident. Right. And at first I didn't succeed, but then I noticed sometimes I could succeed, and and if I would stare into the mirror, and like the other lady said, kind of uh, uh, meditate. Uh, Forget exactly how she called it, but then all of a sudden I would see my face start to change.
0: Yeah, not exactly uh, a concentration, but sort of an altered state. That's yeah, what she that, put that, it
20: that's the way she put it, an altered state. Yeah, uh but it's like everything around me would black out in the mirror, except for you know me as a human, and then the face would start changing, and you would see like an old man, a, a Indian girl, a young girl. Uh, different faces would appear.
0: And you think you're seeing prior lives?
20: Uh, That's the conclusion I came to. But I started experimenting without the mirror, uh, looking into other people's eyes, into their faces. Yes. Uh, Especially uh, one of my daughters. uh, We tried it together, and she said she could see the things in my face just like I could see the things in her face. (laughs) So we can see each other. As we said, across from each other, about three foot, we can stare into each other's face and see different people come through.
0: Boy, uh, to, is that the
20: faces change. Oh. So I'm not so sure about the mirror being the key to, to going into the infinite
0: reality. Well, I hate to use this analogy because uh, people will jump all over it, but maybe it's like the Ouija board. In other words, the Ouija board... Is not in it of itself uh any special magic key uh-huh. to communication with the other side, however uh the intent that you place behind what you're doing when you play with Ouija board may be
20: I think it all has to do with intent uh. That pretty much sums up the mirror experiences that I've had, but, I, you know, I can go and look in the mirror and, see, you know, see things coming up, and I have even called forth things into the mirror and had them come forward.
0: You've called forth things into the mirror.
20: Uh, yes, when I needed help
0: uh-huh. with something. Yes.
20: I was assuming uh, at one point that maybe these were guardians of the past and the and the future, so when I had a major problem that I couldn't deal with, I would stand in front of the mirror and present the problem Yes. and say, who would like to help me with this?
0: Boy, isn't that ever so slightly dangerous, though? I mean, who do you know? Uh, I mean, how do you know who you're making a deal with? Or, you know, just thought I'd throw that in. Uh...
20: <laughs> well, that's the true of just about anything today, even a stranger on the street. Who do you know what you're dealing with?
0: Well, a stranger on the street, you, you, well, and, and yeah, you're right.
20: Yeah. It's about the same thing,
0: isn't it? Uh, you, yeah. you get a stranger in the mirror and you really don't know what you've got on your hands.
20: Right. But, you know, I've only did that once, and where I called and someone volunteered and told me their name, and I, I told them, you know, to take care of this problem for me,
0: and but not happened?
20: to hurt anyone. And,
0: uh, and?
20: The problem was taken care of. It disappeared within three days. The, the problem was completely dealt with.
0: <laughs>
20: okay. <laughs> well,
0: I wonder if you made a deal.
20: No, because I didn't offer anything in exchange.
0: How do you know? <laughs> because I
20: asked for someone to volunteer. Volunteer,
0: volunteer? really? To
20: take care of this problem.
0: Okie dokie. Yes. All right, all right, thank you, okay. take care. Just a random thought. The problem she said got gotten taken care of without anybody getting hurt. <laughs> I, you know, I, I could have asked what the problem was, but I somehow I didn't want to know. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Yes, Art. Hello.
21: Yeah, I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. Yes. Yeah, I have a something kind of a weird uh, thing that happened to me about a week ago. It was in the morning. I was laying down in my bedroom. I was covered up with a big quilt, and I was awake because I was watching the morning tea. Matter of fact, I was watching that guy that does the readings in the morning Los Angeles. I'm out of Los Angeles. Yes. Anyway... I felt something grab me on the outside of the blanket and squeeze me was holding me down from the outside of the blanket, holding me, literally holding me down. And I I heard my son coming. He's 14. And I I couldn't yell. I had my eyes open. But when my son seen me, I heard him say, Dad, Dad, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? And I couldn't speak. And as soon as he touched me, it it let go. And I told him, what did you see me doing after I jumped up? Did it
0: feel like hands holding you It felt like
21: a body on top of me holding me down and all a great scared. a
0: great weight right
21: great weight and I was I was telling him
0: all right that uh, comes under the category of an entity attack sir
2: kingdom of naught. From west of the Rockies, dial 1-800-618-8255. East of the Rockies, 1-800-825-5033. First-time callers may reach out at 1-775-727-1222. Or use the wildcard line at 1-775-727-1295. To reach out on the toll-free international line, call your AT&T operator and have them dial 800-893-0903. This is Coast. To Coast AM with Art Bell on the Premier Radio Network. It sure is. We're talking about people who have had experiences
0: being invisible. We're talking about people who have had experiences with mirrors that go way beyond the norm. And I mean, way beyond the norm. Let me tell you what else is going on tonight. The Earth is being bombarded by heavy, very, very heavy solar radiation. As a matter of fact, Uh, There are many of you in the northern latitudes who, if you go outside, will observe tonight the northern lights ablazen. The A-count is through the roof. The radiation is uh, uh, really hitting Earth big time. There was a full halo event from the sun, and that was headed toward and now is impacting Earth right now. So there's probably various radio blackouts going on, and there's probably northern lights blazing. You might check it out. Get a chance. Back into the night we go, that little slice of invisibility. The night gives you that anyway, doesn't it? But we're talking about something far more concrete here. Uh, good morning. You're on the air.
22: Hello. Hello. Hi, how are you doing? Uh, this is Jeremy from St. Louis listening to you on uh, KTRS
0: the S.O. the monster in the Midwest area. Yes, yeah, home
22: and George Nori. Uh, we all love him here and yes, you. Sir. Uh, anyway, I just had a couple quick stories. Uh, one caller uh, brought this memory back to me. Uh, I guess I was about 13 or 14. I was at home and I went to the bathroom and it was um, it was probably late afternoon. It I had the light off in the bathroom so it was kind of a, a dark, like, uh, a, a dim natural light was coming in. I stopped at the mirror and I was just kind of struck by the look of the light and I don't know why, but I just stopped and decided to stare at myself in the mirror. I mean, I hadn't heard anything about mirrors before, and this was a while back. And uh, and about a minute or two into it, I was, I, I was literally just kind of paralyzed, not truly paralyzed, but just really transfixed. And I, I was looking into my eyes, and I just saw, just like that uh, previous gentleman said, uh, just a whole flurry of just face after face after face. It was uh, what
0: faces that you recognized or not?
22: Definitely did not recognize them. And but they were there was something very I would almost say intimate about these faces, not intimate uh in a way that they just seemed like I would know them. And so obviously everyone would think well maybe these were past lives that that you're seeing. And I think it's very possible.
0: It's a good guess.
22: Um these faces were very there was something about them that I mean It almost looked there was a kind of an uncivilized look to some of these faces and it just made me think of like you know, like some pauper or or a peasant from a thousand years ago or and it would switch from male to female to like a totally uncivilized runt to some like Asian uh you know, king or something. I mean, it was just everything totally all across the board and it, it was like flip, 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 flip. I was staring into my eyes and it was like the face around my eyes was just constantly changing, and I was completely, uh, like I said, transfixed. I, I stopped when my feet were too tired from standing there. I was, I was pretty blown away by. How it. long do you think you were standing there? I uh, I know maybe time. like ten minutes, ten minutes straight of just standing and staring. Not doing anything else but staring. Because I had never seen anything like this before in my life. To that time, I mean, these were actual, true, like hallucinations. I hear
0: you. For, oh, so, for what it's worth, uh, it was a darkened room, but with some natural light getting. Yeah, it was
22: some natural. It was like a five o'clock light coming from outside one window. It was kind of a, a, a dark bluish light. Um, it was really, you know, it, was, it wasn't completely dark. it'd say maybe 50% dark. Would you do,
0: describe the experience as? intriguing desirable frightening um what
22: didn't frighten me at all uh it definitely intrigued me and uh i didn't think there was anything necessarily to be afraid of i just thought that i had kind of stumbled upon um one of those random uh rare physical uh, moments where It's just like a key, and you're just unlocking something, maybe, you know, something like a strange physical thing that you do that you would normally never do or or not have a reason to do, and that somehow unlocked the veil, so to speak.
0: You sound
22: very rational to me. Well, thank you. You, uh, How old are you? I'm 32 now.
0: How long ago did this occur?
22: I'd have to say about 15 years ago or more, maybe 17 years ago. But you remember it vividly oh completely you I don't mean, think I you don't think face.
0: you've added drama to it or anything else i mean this no, is the no. way it happened
22: no no not at all it was uh it was just uh, it was just an event of my life like any other except that it was very uh odd and it was one that you know normal reality does can't explain under you know normal circumstances holy mackerel so it was it was pretty uh it was definitely interesting i, I had another quick story i had i just had to tell you about That's. A little off the subject, but definitely in a similar vein it 's happened to my cousin i 'll make it quick he uh, he 's a guitar uh, player and a songwriter in nashville and uh when he he gets ideas he 'll pick up his acoustic guitar and and play his little miniature uh, cassette recorder and just put it on his leg and strum a melody right. and um, He was just playing a song that he was coming up with, and he does this all the time and and uh he 'll he took a moment to put the guitar down before he stopped it, so there was a space at the end where it was completely blank. And he listened to himself playing, and as he got to the end of the guitar playing, as far as he turned it off, and he heard a voice on the recorder, and it, it was a, a, a very, it was, it was kind of in the background, it was staticky, but he heard a like, very irrational sounding voice say, Get me out of here, get me out of here, get, get me out of here, you know, like completely freaked out, saying, Get me out of here, get me out of here. And it completely freaked my cousin out. Yeah, I'm sure it did. Freaked everybody else out. He put it away for like a month. And then all of a sudden, about a month later, he pulled it out and started listening to it again. And he was really uh, completely uh, compelled to keep listening to it. He he was always listening to it. Finally, uh, his wife got it and recorded over it because she said he was just getting uh, uh, totally obsessed with it. Because, I mean, to him, this was like... Some kind of real proof, you know, of, of you know, non-physical reality well, to him. And he never really gave it a passing thought before.
0: Yeah, I know. And then but, all of a
22: sudden it's a personality speaking well, out to when him.
0: When it happens to you, it's a whole new world. All right, sir, thank you very, very much. I appreciate the story as well. You know, he may have heard uh, an EVP. We've talked a lot on this program about electronic voice phenomena, and I am convinced it is real. I'm not convinced that I know what it is. I'm convinced it's real, but I I sure don't know what it is. And I can see how somebody would get compelled uh, to have a sudden understanding that there is another reality. There's another place, and there are consciousnesses uh, occupying this place that that could get you uh, pretty involved pretty quickly even obsessive first time call our line you're on the air hello hello yes hello
9: hi this is jenny
0: Hello, Jenny.
9: I'm calling from Chicago.
0: Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha Boy, whole Chicago. Of us uh, no kidding.
9: <laughs> I think it was the electrical storm we had tonight.
0: M- made, oh, you had a pretty good. Uh, I heard there was quite a bit of action going on in the Midwest.
9: Yeah, it was really beautiful. Actually, it lit up the whole sky. Uh huh. Um, but I'm calling about the invisible guy at the presidential inauguration. Oh yes. <laughs> I work at a film archive.
7: Oh,
0: you and, do?
9: Yeah. <laughs> And I was going to volunteer to watch it.
0: Can you get hold of that footage? Oh, sure. You have the footage. Sure we do. <laughs> so then you could really go frame by frame.
9: Exactly.
0: You could look for this guy to appear. And how could he get past the you know, the, the guards and the
9: exactly. Secret Service
0: and all the rest of it? The Secret Service was really embarrassed about that.
5: Oh, I bet. <laughs> That's a
9: pretty big flaw there.
0: So you really are volunteering to go through this? And sure. Vo-
9: <coughs> you said it was at like the... I never heard about it. So it was at the Clinton inauguration
0: and the Bush inauguration? You know, I, yes. They did, um, they did a whole big deal on this. As a matter of fact, they had this man on Crossfire and programs like Crossfire. Wow. Uh, and he did claim that he could become invisible. And that's how he did it. So, yeah, take, take a shot for us, would you?
9: Sure. You don't happen to know, like, what part of it it would be in, because it's, like, three or four hours long. <laughs> Um, like any clue? Like... Oh, I
0: hear you. Uh, no, I personally don't. Okay. Let's try and get that from somebody in the audience. Okay. Where that was in the ceremony so you could look.
9: That sounds good. Okay, Does, you got it. Can I call you back or give you an email? Or... I, I,
0: look, my email address is ArtBell com. Okay. Or AOL.com, either one.
9: All right, great. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Take
0: care. Ooh, somebody willing to actually go frame by frame. All right, then we're going to need a little bit of help. Is there anybody out there who knows offhand in the stock footage, which she can get hold of, of the inaugural, where and about when in in all of that that occurred? And I suppose for her in her investigation it would be perhaps worthwhile if you can go to or get an archive of, say, Crossfire that did a program on that and had the man, then you'd have his face, which you would need for a reference, Right. Invisibility. uh wildcard line you're on the air hello
23: hi hi art hi um i'm talking about invisibility
0: okay and
23: and i'm i'm actually devoting my life to uh cracking the code on this one because it's been a feature of my life
0: you know and this is just not something you would think you could do an entire radio program on and yet here we are um
23: i have a theory about that too i think i, I mean the, all our planets are in alignment i'm calling from toronto by the way yes and uh and we're in troubled times, and I, the bottom line for me, if there's nothing else to know about this phenomena of leaving the body, of, of, of leaving time and space, of going backwards or forwards, of disappearing, it's really, the bottom line to me is that the body is material, but it's not who we are. And I'm not a religious person, I don't take drugs or drink or anything, but it's, uh, whatever I mean we are we we are infinite but not in the mirror sense I mean I, I know the image that that you're you're talking about but that is the same image that's just repeated over and over and over in fact in our spirit form we are we are we have so many variables
0: but you know and we
23: are infinite. But you
0: know the man is right when you take a camera mm-hmm. and you get <laughs> close to a monitor Uh, especially a high-definition monitor, I've done it, and you you get close enough, Mm -hmm. you zoom all the way in, then you're looking down this long, incredible tunnel. Now, obviously, with today's technology, we can't get to infinity. In other words, we get down to the smallest pixels, and then to our eyes, it disappears. Mm -hmm. But, in fact, it keeps going. It really is infinite. So... Uh, The higher resolution we get, the further down the road of infinity we can go.
18: Well,
23: I've been um, I've been uh, leaving my body and traveling, and these voices inside the people have been talking about. Um, this has been like for the time I've been a child. It's been a very familiar thing, and I've learned over time that it it can be a protective mechanism. It's, some, it's something that I controls me rather than me controlling it. But
0: well, that's um, what everybody's. I, that's what. But it. I
23: can tell you, sometimes I can control it, and I can tell you what it feels like when I've gone. Um, If I'm like just like awake, I'm not I'm not asleep, but I'm talking to you, and then I'm gone. I don't feel myself leaving, but I feel myself coming back, and it's like being in an elevator, and when the elevator just suddenly drops, and you're like boom, your gravity's taking your 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 head to your
0: bottom of your feet we all know what that feels like and
23: that's what it feels like and then then I'm sitting in front of you and you're moving your mouth and you're talking and you haven't even noticed I've been somewhere else and I can't tell you where I've been and I have no idea what you're saying so it's weird in that respect
7: but also.
0: okay well we'll have to hold it there but that's a very interesting way to describe it I'm always looking to uh, try and understand what, what it really feels like, and, and getting words that will describe it. And she described the elevator falling. You know that feeling, right? That that just a little change in gravity, and you go like that. And that's exactly when she says it, it occurs. A very, very interesting... East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi.
17: Hi, Art. Hello. How are you doing?
0: Doing okay, sir. Where are you?
17: I'm in East Texas tonight.
0: East Texas, okay.
17: Yes. Uh, just a uh, real quick background uh, lead into the story. Uh, retired Marine Corps Lieutenant Colonel. Yes, sir. And Annapolis graduate as well. And the first assignment was 22 area Camp Pendleton with uh, air delivery unit, first air delivery. And uh, airborne, no scuba training, but later got transferred into recon section and got scuba training. Um, while I was in Okinawa at Swab, I was detached to, uh, if you're familiar, Fatima Marine Corps Air Station.
0: Oh, of course.
17: I was working there doing uh, rescue swim work, rescue diving work on weekends. Right. For people that were lost in uh, currents. Sure. Uh, all type of emergencies. And worked with the Navy crew as well. And met a young individual as a Navy lieutenant. And later, as uh our careers developed state friends. He became a lieutenant commander and was with the d s r v unit.
0: Well, we had nothing but water around I mean the Pacific okay. is on one side and the East China Sea on the other, so it was all yeah, water
17: plenty of water, warm water cold water you got it you got it all right there where it merges right uh, but a lot of activity down at aircraft uh you know you get surfers, swimmers lost in currents but uh the background I was trying to get to is is The friendship I made uh, later came back that I was assigned or requested to join this DSRV unit and did and was reassigned to Virginia. And basically what we did was uh, deep-sea rescue and recovery. Um, If we had a downed aircraft, we would go and try to rig the craft to get it back. Uh, Anything, any anomaly that we wanted to look at, uh, basically we were sent. There were several teams that did the same thing we did. How
0: How deep did you go?
17: Uh, we could go two miles, excess miles. Uh, you're pretty much pushing it. This particular incident I wanted to tell you about where you So
0: you're saying you could go over ten thousand feet? Yes. Wow. All right. And, anyway, go ahead.
17: Well, so the, the particular incident we were involved in, we were just under a mile and a half of water, North Atlantic. What had happened? They had picked up a. There's a survey vehicle working the North Atlantic that it picked up some radioactive signal. And what they did was send a vessel around with a side scan, uh, picked up that there was a vessel on the bottom. They thought first possibly a submarine that had some kind of problem there, not ours, obviously. Yes, sir. We would have been in communication. Uh, The vessel came back. It was much too small, um, any sub that, that they were familiar with. And at that time, we came on site.
0: But you were Uh getting some kind of nuclear signature from it?
17: Right. There's residual radiation from it.
0: Uh
7: And the
17: concern was, uh, was it a weapon, uh, some type of concealed weapon source, or was it actually a power source? Right. And we were brought out uh, from Virginia, steamed out. And not to give you specific minutes, seconds, location, just approximately 250 miles out of Aberdeen, Scotland, is where we were, and you can draw a circle and narrow it down pretty quick uh, yeah. at that depth. You can, you can limit the waters. Yes, sir. But uh, upon diving, we went down, uh, like I say, just under a mile and a half, and we contacted uh, the vessel, which we immediately recognized not as a, a submarine, but more of an aircraft um, of. Communications, back to the top, we were told to go observe, photograph, determine what we have. We thought at that point we had possibly a Russian or Korean aircraft with some type of contained weapon source. So as we went in.
0: Yeah, that would be logical.
17: We went in, and um, this particular vessel was partially in the mud, submerged, or buried under some mud, had been there for some period of time. And
0: how much were you, what were you seeing of it? What shape?
17: What we saw was the, uh, I would say the the rear two-thirds. It was it was a triangular shape. It was wedged more.
0: Triangular.
17: Triangular shape. Uh, and best way I could describe it, it would be nosed in with about two-thirds exposed to the back. Yes, sir. And as you come out the triangular shape, at the back it was rounded uh, as it, as it came to the corner, what would be the corner of the triangle? They were rounded on both sides and flat oh, across. Oh, really? And this uh the,
0: obviously is, not a conventional aircraft.
17: Well, one one comment was made in the DSRV. The little lieutenant commander who's also a good friend. Was my comment was I don't believe it's Russian, and his comment was if it is, it's not Russia right now. You know, joking and uh, what. You know, the best way I can describe it, it was a charcoal gray in color. Um, it had some markings on the side. Uh, sir, and, you know, uh,
0: sir, listen, I'm coming to a break uh, at the top of the hour. Can you uh, manage to hold on?
17: I can, if you'd like, yes. Uh,
0: I would like, yes. Uh, stay right there, all right? I will. Okay. Recovered from a mile and a half below the ocean's surface. Would I like to hold on? Yes, I think I would.
7: There's something happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear. There's a man with a gun over there. Telling me I got to beware. I think it's time we stop. Children, watch that sound. Everybody look what's going down.
2: In the Kingdom of Nye, from west of the Rockies at 1-800-618-8255, east of the Rockies, 1-800-825-5033. First-time callers may reach out at 1-775-727-1222, and the Wild card line is open at one 727 1295 To reach out on the toll-free international line, call your AT&T operator and have them dial 800-893-0903. This is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell from the Kingdom of Nine. It certainly is. Good morning, everybody. This
0: is Art Bell. Let's go directly back to our caller and uh, hold our break. Caller, uh, you say you were about a mile and a half down, right?
17: Just under a mile and a half right
0: a mile and a half down, and you uh, you located this craft, which was a triangular in shape, and you were seeing the back portion of it
17: right at this, at this point we we had come over um, almost what you I would best describe as broadside to to the uh, the craft. The nose what I would determine is the nose end was uh, submerged in mud
0: and what were and, you, what was your uh, ship, what were you in?
17: It's a DSRV. It's a uh, uh, no. DSRV. I understand,
0: but the DSRV had to be deployed from something, right?
17: Right. It's a uh, uh, best thing I could describe is it's like an LPH type
0: um,
7: okay. a
17: vessel where you have a recovery at water level, and then it has a platform for helicopters. Gotcha. We have a we have a lot of visitation and traffic, and gotcha. on this protector uh, dive, we had uh, more than normal. Uh, I'll get to that real quick. Um, basically, our mission was to. Uh, locate, identify uh, what it was and whose it was, and determine how hot it was as far as uh, radiation source. Right. If it was something we were going to rig to recover, or uh, you know, we'd have to get authorization to uh, to ter- destroy essentially if it was something that was too hot to recover. Yes. And what we uh, we came upon the site. And as I said it was a triangular shape, but the best description I can give of the, the back end was more of an ellipse around.
7: Uh-huh. And it
17: had a round corner where it attached to the straights which would be the side or or would appear to be the side. And there were markings on the side of it which were in the in the skin itself.
0: And um, and marked. how would you describe those markings?
17: Uh, you know, and I've heard this before. People try to say hieroglyphics and and all of this. It it was oh not a God. it was not any any language or marking uh, which we would typically see, Russian Arabic, uh, nothing we were trained or, or had seen previously.
0: But hieroglyphic-like.
17: Well, I'll say hieroglyphic-like, but more uh, geometric patterns. There weren't uh, large walking individuals with bird heads and, and, you know, when I think of hieroglyphics, I think of individuals with a, a head like a bird or a wolf and then human body. This didn't have, have those type of patterns. It was more geometric uh, right. shapes. But, but you could tell, uh, some of the actual characters repeated. Quite a bit of it was, uh, in mud, and then there would be gaps where out of mud, but you could see some repeating of the character.
0: At some um, point uh, in, in this much observation, at some point here, somebody must have begun to think uh, not of this earth.
17: Well, not not thinking out loud. You know, our, our training is such that you know, we're going to go through the entire process, and we've got a computer that carries... Every schematic of everybody's aircraft, everybody's waterborne right. vessel uh, right. on the on the planet. Essentially, we right. can we can put the shapes in. We can match it. Uh, we didn't get a match. Um, uh, to put it as simple as I can, there, there wasn't a match for the uh, the marking or the pattern or the shape. So at this point, we contacted the, the surface vehicle. Um, we were ordered to return to the surface with the existing still photography and video we had, uh, several million candle powers of light. You understand the, the darkness at this depth.
7: Mm-hmm.
17: Well, we returned uh, to the surface, and essentially they they download the pictures, the video. Um, they went through the process, and we were held up for an additional 12 hours about a marine archaeologist, and. We took the marine archaeologist down on the on the second dive and again a lot of drawings made he was making some sketches uh, had what, some information within his own computer if I'm, sir
0: let me interrupt you and ask you what was your uh, what was your job description in all of this what were you doing
17: my my job description was to operate uh, various equipment mainly computer equipment that stored the information. I was I was trained mainly for the recognition side and then on the rigging. I did operation of the uh, mechanical side, mechanical arms, and devices that would uh, be manual rigging for uh, inflation and recovery of that type. Okay, uh, so I, you, were,
0: you, were, you were part of the crew and you were part of the analysis. The
17: part of the crew more than the analysis. Uh, we had we had individuals okay on board. you uh,
0: excuse me, you didn't actually personally go down, or did you
17: yes i was i oh. was in the
0: you were in the DSRV. you were actually in the d s r v
17: yes and and the the normal function or my role on that crew is to operate the uh, there's some mechanical arms that we will operate for rigging right um and at this time i was a I was a captain in the Marine Corps this is ten years prior to when I retired, so
0: about what About year? About
17: halfway in my career. This is 91. 91. Early, early summer of 1991. All right. And... Uh, well, addition... I mean, at,
0: at some point, I mean, my God, you see something that looks not of this Earth with with uh, no identify with marks that uh, are, uh, as you probably well know, the kind of thing that uh, we believe we saw at Roswell. So somebody has to be thinking, hey, maybe Alien crashed vehicle of some kind or not of this earth i mean that would be
17: that that conversation was going on in the vehicle yes
0: yeah yeah i and so. not
17: not relayed uh via radio to the surface for for a number of reasons but uh you know we don't want to uh be immediately brought to the surface for psych evaluation uh <laughs> intercept of the communication was another concern uh you know just on conversation within the vehicle right so the main uh, the main purpose at least the first trip was to get get video of what we had still cuz we we couldn't give them a direct match from anything we had in in the computer system. There was not a direct match at least of that part of the vessel.
0: Once okay. again, I'm going to ask you to hold on, all right? Sure. Uh stand by for just a moment. Uh, this one I can't let go of. We'll be uh, right back. All right, here we go again. Uh, uh, a Marine captain, uh, welcome back, sir. Well, now ex-Marine captain.
17: Well, it's actually, ex-Lieutenant Colonel. I did a little better the last ten years, but. Uh,
0: <laughs> All right, Colonel.
17: Still, like At the time, it was uh, it was captain at the time.
0: At the time. All right. So, Captain, uh, where did this go from there? I mean, now you've got this thing ID'd. Uh, were you suddenly out of the picture, or?
17: Well, we're well, we were in the picture up up to the point where we're rigging and recovering. Um, as I said, we took down a, a marine archaeologist. Um, and one thing that was very interesting, that this individual, we, we actually monitored currents, did some things, uh, temperatures and such at the, at the site. Uh, he was making quite a bit of notes and, you know, really not, not making a lot of comment, but he did make the comment when we asked, you know, is this recent? So there there was no disturbed area uh, around it, best way to describe it. It looked like it had been in place. And he said that it wasn't any more recent than at least 30 to 40 years, which really threw us back because this thing looked like something beyond, you know, where we're at development-wise, aircraft. And I still hadn't ruled out that it was not experimental aircraft at this point, someone's. Um, But the point that he made that the... of the silt mud in the front end would appear that this has probably been in place for a period of 30 years or somewhere in the range 30 to 40 years.
0: And you have – was there an attempt made at recovery?
17: Uh, There was a recovery made, not an attempt made. There was a A a recovery recovery made of the craft.
0: What do you know about that?
17: Well, I know firsthand of that because what we – we're instructed to do, uh, again, this is about the fourth time down. We're in the third day. And we were uh, using thrusters to remove some of the silt mud from the mid sections where we could attach equipment we had or get equipment to attach to try to lift this up. And the problem, again, is we have all types of procedures. Uh, we know if it's a particular MIG model. What the weight of that vehicle is going to be if it's under seawater, if it's full of seawater, we estimate the uh, the lift we're going to need to get that vessel moving. Right. And the best we could do was go on size and approximate it to uh, to the closest known aircraft, which which basically this thing was close to our own um, F-14. If you want to get a physical dimension of what this thing size wise. Yeah. Um, so what we rigged it for was enough lift to get that weight Uh, we had thrusted away a lot of the silt mud from the from the vehicle still had a section probably about uh, eight foot that was trapped or or under a depth it was more of an angle to it so when we rigged it uh, to bring it up rear first use uh, the best language i can we were going to try to lift the the rear end up and bring this thing up on an angle and, and try to keep everything intact and go. Yes, sir. We're rigging at the, uh, with our uh, calculation for the rigging, the weights, brought it up, and it went probably about two and a half to three times the ascent as what we anticipated, which immediately gave us a feel that we're dealing with something extremely light. Uh, that hopefully. you had
0: mis- miscalculated the, uh, the probable weight.
17: I'd say we, we, didn't miscalculate, we calculated it based on on known uh I, aluminum's magnesium. I magnesium understand. I understand. And and got a little uh more sense than what we anticipated. Uh the vehicle was recovered, um and within four hours everyone was off the site. I mean everyone was steamed out of the site uh from the point of recovery. That was the last uh the the last of that vehicle uh, or my personal experience with the vehicle from that point. Uh, no Maybe. other feedback. No other debriefing as to what the vehicle was. Uh,
0: we. Had what about any warnings about uh, talking about what you had just done? Nothing at all. Nothing. Uh,
17: our whole our whole mission. The whole. We did things. Uh, brought up aircraft that didn't belong to us. Brought up things. Uh, uh, or made dives on things that weren't ours. Uh, we pretty much. That was an assumption. Any time we were out,
0: well, when, even when, if
17: it was our vehicle, we weren't allowed to discuss.
0: When you got this vehicle up, was it obvious in any way? Uh, I, I mean, uh, was it was it obvious that it was not of this earth, uh, or at at least uh, nothing that uh, you all you, you had wonderful records of everything that was, or at least known of, at that time.
17: Right there, there would be nothing. Catalog uh, as of '91. That uh, I would say as of '91, and still as of 2001. Being familiar with the uh, current aircraft, that that it is uh, even vaguely familiar with. There's not a cockpit to the uh, to the vessel. It was a solid metallic form. When that part was removed uh, from below the mud, the silk, and finally got to to see, we trailed it as it you know as it descended. We trailed up to follow the vessel make sure we didn't uh, lose any of the equipment en route and have to do another recovery of the vessel because that happens on occasion. We will lose it sure. when you initially move it. But this, uh, it had no type of cockpit or no type of window. Uh, it, it was just a skin. It was all, all metallic. And the markings went uh, from the midsection of the craft completely around uh, 360 it wasn't a circular pattern, but if you say the the perimeter, was it the a-
0: was it aerodynamic in the sense that we understand? It,
17: it was aerodynamic in the sense that it was uh, it was triangular, and it was uh, if it, if the nose was flat, it did have an aerodynamic shape. It not only went up, uh, I would describe it as a porpoise head. If you go from the snout of the porpoise, it had the same pattern on the bottom. It was. Uh, almost a perfect symmetric piece of metal with uh marking around the edge, and it was uh, just a triangular shape, but no glass, uh, nothing that would appear to be a hatch or a, uh, a cockpit of any type. Wow. So that's, that, again, it's just... Uh, it's
0: Did you uh, confirm its size when it uh, came up as being roughly the size of, say, an F-14?
17: Right. It, it, it was a little bit, uh, actually a little bit longer uh, longer than the, air, than the aircraft would be probably eight, uh, six to eight feet. I would say in excess of, uh, of what you would anticipate uh, for F-14. Well, Colonel, Stra- the, uh,
0: Colonel, a straight-out question is: Do you believe that you recovered an alien craft?
17: I've I've never, uh, you know, I've had conversations with the individual, my friend, that uh, actually was there. We're still in contact uh, quite often. I, I can't definitively say that it was. I can only say that it, it was a, an object that didn't belong there and certainly would not have belonged there 30 or 40 years uh, prior to when we were on site. And no visible means of, uh, you know, if you, if you anticipate it was an aircraft and I saw a cockpit, I would say it was definitely somebody's here that was in development. But uh, the you, uh... technology would not allow you to fly to a craft 30 or 40 years ago. Without some type of visual,
0: do you ever, did you ever, and I don't suppose you did, get feedback on any of the missions like that one? Um, th- no, th- basically,
17: uh, once the recovery over, we we were not involved uh, in not only this this vehicle, any vehicle, and some were quite obvious. Uh, we we recovered some Korean aircraft. We've never heard back. Uh, well, so it, once they're recovered, they're taken for analysis. We're not no longer involved in the you. process.
0: Yeah, you did your job. All right. We but have if one you say, you, 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 you say you're still in communication with uh, some of the people who were uh, on the same uh, job with you.
17: Right. The, the one lieutenant commander and I are still very much in communication with. And and, and
0: and what does he think? What are his what conclusions? I mean, what is when you're sitting around having a beer or something and you're talking? What does he think you brought up?
17: He believes that it, it was something uh, extraterrestrial. He very much firmly believes uh, that it was. And there was, one, there was one other individual on the original dive. It was a weapons officer. Uh, he immediately was of that belief. He's the one that kind of started that conversation with him. Can and I you, never,
0: can you uh, put me in touch with either one of those people?
17: I can put you uh, in touch with the pilot of, the, of our craft. The lieutenant commander that will actually
0: do, you believe, do the DSRV. Do you believe he would talk about it?
17: Well, oh, I think he would love to. Uh, I have no doubt that he would uh, be glad to express his views because he has at a, a number of reunions that we have and, and golf outings we do. It, it's always a topic.
0: All right. Uh, uh, all I can do is uh, you're obviously out there somewhere on a cell phone, right? Uh, right. Do you think you're violating any security uh, oaths or anything else by what no, you're I telling don't, me? No, no,
17: because uh, initially when we were in this business, uh, you know, we were basically given seven years. We're not supposed to uh, have any conversation, you know, even amongst ourselves supposedly for seven years, but this has been going, ongoing since that day. Uh, we talk about other jobs, other missions that we made also, but uh, basically for a seven-year period not to discuss Um And not having, like I say, we don't have the video. We don't have the stills.
0: Yes, but you have each other.
17: We got some uh, some sketches that uh, this individual did. The lieutenant commander did uh, for his own.
0: Do you have those?
17: He has those. I can get those as well if you'd like. I would like. Yeah, he did a a series of sketches uh, that that he maintained for the balance of his career, and uh, still has in his possession. And these were sketches that he did. Uh, I mean, he started immediately when we were staying back to uh, Virginia. He was in the process of working up various drawings at different stages of the recovery.
0: What is your first name?
17: My first name is Mark.
0: Mark. Uh, Mark, what I'd like you to do as we head into the break here is uh, hang on the uh, line, and I'm going to mm-hmm. come and uh, get a contact number for you privately, all right? Sure. Okay, Mark, uh, hold tight. All right, and that's exactly what we're going to do well down to 10,000 feet below the surface, but at about a mile and a half, Mark and two others found what to me sounds very much like an alien craft. And so I think the next logical step, uh, having heard what we all just did, is to uh, get a number and get hold of uh, one or both of the other parties and proceed. What do you think?
2: chart bell in the Kingdom of Nye from west of the Rockies dial 1-800-618-8255 east of the Rockies 1-800-825-5033 first time callers may reach at 1-775-727-1222 or use the wild card line at 1-775-727-1295 to reach on the toll free international line call your at t operator and have them dial 800-893-0903 This is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell on the Premier Radio Networks. Well, this kind of talk radio, you
0: you just never know what's going to happen. And that was an ideal example of that. You never know what you're going to just run into, like a bomb going off. And that's just kind of like what that was. Uh, I have the lieutenant commander's name. They've got sketches. The lieutenant commander is willing to come on the air. Doesn't get much better than that. So, depend on the fact that I will uh, follow up and we'll probably be interviewing that lieutenant commander, assuming that uh, he's willing to talk, and uh, certainly Mark thought so. So, seems to me the next logical step I will follow up. Once again, back into the wild night. <laughs> and I mean wild. Used to the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, Art. Hi.
24: How are you tonight?
0: I'm well. I'm okay. Fascinated.
24: Oh, good. I've got. Uh, well, one quick little note I have is, is uh, on your um, invisibility thing. Perhaps what you're doing with the cop was opposite invisibility.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
7: <laughs> <laughs> Where you
24: actually drew attention to yourself instead of making yourself invisible.
0: Yeah, but I, I thought, and and most times you wouldn't you think it would be all right to just you know just inch past the cop yeah he's yeah, doing I mean, this come on right? i mean but, but i mean you're literally just crawling past him but <laughs> and so he's just watching this film um, finally you get past him and he flips on the lights and oh man
24: yeah little oh boy you know but i do have a quick invisibility story for you oh yeah about uh well i guess it's about 10 years ago uh my neighbor girl uh, i'm married my neighbor girl used to come over we always went swimming at night you know late at night and she had a really possessive boyfriend that used to you know he would like stalk her almost and on this one particular evening uh it was a full moon out and uh we were in the pool you know swimming around no lights on other than the, the moonlight
0: yeah
7: and we
24: see him sneak into her backyard oh great right next door yeah and uh so she ducks behind the pool and uh i'm standing up facing the guy he's probably oh maybe at that point maybe 20 feet away uh-huh so i walk i figure am you know where, where he sees me you know so I walk up within four feet of the guy, and, and I say hello to him. You know, I'll just say his name is Bob. I say, hi, Bob. And he looks right through me, like I'm, and he looks around, and he, and, he, and nothing. He doesn't see me.
1: This
0: may have been angelic intervention.
24: <laughs> yeah, it might have <laughs> been. <laughs> it might have been.
0: But he really, he really couldn't see you.
24: No, not absolutely not. And we joke about it even to this day. It, and we're still amazed at the fact that, you know, he never spotted myself or her. Uh, you know, it was uh, like he uh, looked right through us, and and we weren't even there.
0: That's really weird. And and you kn- you knew he was looking for the two of you.
24: Well, he or was for looking her, for her mainly. For her, yeah, and he was like peeping in their back window and stuff. And he had gotten down off of there, and we were like, I, honest to gosh, we were like four feet away from each other, eye to eye, and uh, nothing. <laughs> it may
0: it may have had to do with intent.
24: Oh, uh, maybe you're, something was so focused.
0: Your intent. <laughs> oh, <laughs> either
24: that or he was so focused on, on, on you know. On that he,
0: her that he couldn't see you?
24: Well, uh, yeah, but boy, how can you miss somebody four feet away? You know, call uh, you by name and look eye to eye. <laughs> it's
0: you know? a good story.
24: So, you know, another thing with the cops, too, is the fact that uh, I seem to, that lady brings up a good point about that, that uh, I've, you know. Knocked oh,
0: you, too?
24: Yeah, yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've been zooming down the highway 70, 80 miles an hour past the cop before I realize it and look at my rearview mirror, and they never move. You know, and either they're sleeping, didn't notice, weren't clocking. Maybe I'm just lucky. I well, don't know.
0: some of the above are possible, but on a, on a regular basis. And the, the other interesting thing you'll recall she said was, if she didn't notice it, in other words, if it escaped her attention, if she didn't have the opportunity to concentrate or create this condition, then she has been caught.
24: That's true. I can also seem to sense radar whenever it's around for some strange reason. Really? It's like a sixth sense. Oh, I,
0: I can do that. Can but you do but that? I, Yeah, but I have the Valentine One radar detectors. No. <laughs> I
24: don't
25: have that luck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much.
25: Right, thanks,
0: Art. Take care. Uh, that's, uh, I had to resort to that, you know, radar detectors. Those are really good ones. And... Uh, they they can see way past the horizon, so I I can't personally detect it, but I you know I do that with the machine very well, very handily. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello.
11: Good morning, Mr. Bell. Good morning, sir. Where are you? I'm in North Hollywood. I happened to call uh, call in late last last uh, Friday's program. Oh, really? And yes. here you are again. Yes, my I've been listening to the tonight's program. I just wanted to make a distinction for your listeners. My experience is not intentional. Because I moved in to this house where the previous owners had left the mirror, so I'm not wanting to see these things that are, that are happening in front of the mirror. The what, other things. What?
0: Wait, wait. What kind of things?
11: Well, I had mentioned where like I had been cleaning the mirror with a cloth, and I have to. The thing is, is I had to move the mirrors because I had two of them. Remember, I had mentioned where I had two on opposing walls. Yes, I do. Okay. So, and last week I decided I, I had enough, so I just basically moved one mirror so it wasn't facing the other. Right. Once I've done that, I've started to hear whistling. And the whistling, my dogs are sometimes growling before I can hear it. Maybe somebody's pissed that you moved the mirror. Well, I think that to make a distinction also that some mirrors... I, I would think some people would have to realize that some of these, some, not all mirrors, but I believe that some mirrors, it's almost like, I don't even want to be undressed in front of it. It's like you're being watched. It's like, it's not.
0: Maybe you are fainted. being watched.
11: Well, it's, it's it could that, be like.
0: That instinct is very strong. Uh, you know when there's somebody uh, in the room with you. Uh, 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 that's one of the senses that humans share with animals. We know when there's somebody near us. Sense, well, we can sense it.
11: Right. The other thing I wanted to mention was that I think that the same thing can occur with, with reflections in a pond or in a lake. Because I've also had experience when I was a kid when I was mm-hmm. in front of a lake oh, yes. and saw two figures behind me, but I couldn't see them because it was like in the in the in the nighttime shadows. Well, of course you're correct.
0: Uh, there have been stories, haven't there, of um, of reflections in the water.
11: Right. So I think that the reflection part of it aspect, like in, with the mirror. Can also occur in bodies of water,
0: even makes, a swimming makes pool. absolute sense. even a swimming pool it makes absolute sense to me sir yeah, so the answer is the reflectivity the uh or you could call it feedback, it's feedback, right,
11: right, and not everyone is wanting to experience these things, some of it's like um if the if the mirror wasn't that heavy, I just would pick it up and put it in the closet, but I'd have to get somebody to help me do that. It's just a very heavy old mirror, but it, now at the point I'm, I'm ready to do that, it's just put it in storage and cover it because the whistling that I'm hearing is evidently emanating from the mirror, and it's like at the odd hours of beyond 12 midnight. And it, yeah, I could go to sleep early, uh-huh. and then I, in the middle of the night, we'll hear some type of whistling, very faint whistlings. but the draw, dogs will begin to, to growl first. They'll hear it before I do. That's not good. No, it, it isn't. Dogs
0: growling. You know, dogs know something evil this way comes, and they don't growl for no reason.
11: And I hear the whistling, but it's like it's... If I were you, I'd be
0: sentin- sending the mirror to Cincinnati.
11: <laughs> Probably or are finding uh, someone to buy it for me because it's such a really nice one, but...
0: Well, oh, sure. Sell somebody else your problem.
11: So not everyone that's experiencing <laughs> these things are intentionally sitting in front of a mirror wanting things to this, this happen or see. Your,
0: your point is well made, and uh, it it, it kind of cozies up very well with this lady's research, Donna Higby, that I've been reading about tonight. Uh, I'm going to obviously try and pursue her as a guest, but she's doing deep research in these areas, and in almost every case, she has cited and documented. It's all been involuntary. Right. So, your story sounds right. Telling you, Cincinnati.
11: When are you gonna have uh, Evelyn Paglini again?
0: Oh, I'll have her soon. I, Evelyn always comes back.
11: Uh, I look forward to hearing from. All right, again. sir.
0: Thank take you. care. Uh, first time caller line. You're on the air. Mr. Bell. Yes, that would be me.
26: Thank you very much. I love your show. Thank you. Amazing. Um, actually, those Pele rocks from the islands. You got to send those back to
0: Oh, what rocks now?
26: The lava rocks from Hawaii.
0: Oh, oh yeah. i am told been that you you cannot take them off the island if you do uh, bad, very, very bad luck.
26: Yeah, I actually had a friend bring me one once, and. Uh,
0: what kind of friend is that?
26: <laughs> <laughs> hmm. He thought he was going to bring me back a tiki idol, but that's not my story actually. But he brought me this rock. And
0: okay, so, go ahead then. But
26: um, I was actually in Honolulu, and that's where the story takes place. I was. Uh, due to fly back to the mainland about uh, two days. And uh some friends and I decided to jump the Maui real quick. And um, we got there, and pretty much I wasn't keeping an eye on the bank account, so when we got back to the Maui airport to fly back so I could catch my flight, uh, my credit card was maxed out. Huh. So I just read this book called The Born Identity, and I thought I'd just shadow someone onto the plane. And um, so I tried it. I was feeling pretty bold.
0: You just sort of got behind somebody and walked? Right. And tried (laughs) to
26: fall into his shadow.
0: Yeah, I hear you. And what happened?
26: Well, I actually stepped a little out of place, and I saw the stewardess. And she saw me.
0: But you had almost made it?
26: I did make it. I made it onto the plane.
0: You made it onto the plane?
26: Yes. And it was I was I couldn't believe what happened. you know I was just sitting there in the seat, I just picked the seat, you know and just sat down, I was like, whoa, I can't believe I just <laughs> did that
0: <laughs> Boy, that takes that takes real uh a uh, real gigantic, monstrous conies.
26: Well, I was a crazy skier back in those days, so it was fun, you know just yeah,
0: you know if, if you were to do something like that these days. You would be interviewed for hours by the FBI, I the CIA. Yeah. Yeah, oh, listen. Uh, so, do you think.
26: What's that? I'm sorry.
0: Do you think you became virtually invisible?
26: I truly do. It felt like I was, you know.
0: Have you ever tried it again or anything like that?
26: No, it'd have to be the right circumstance.
0: That's incredible. That's really incredible. So you, you successfully boarded a plane, took a flight, found a seat.
26: I landed before my friends,
0: too. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. All right. I appreciate the story, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, take care. Oh, wow. Can you imagine that? You just, you get behind somebody and you get, uh, he, well, he said in their shadow, but obviously he had, he was able to become invisible, found a seat. took a flight. <sighs> East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello.
25: Hi, Art. Uh, this is Tom from uh, Philly, outside of Philly, WPHT, uh, BPHT, the Big Talker, 1210 AM. That's right. A um, couple quick hits. All right. Uh, first of all, Gary Shan- about the mirrors, Gary Shandling once said, that he had something that said, The mirror over my bed reads, Objects appear larger than they are. (laughs) But anyway, the great Colin Wilson, I don't know if he was on your show, Art, or one of your cohorts, but uh, you should get him on. I have had an interest in mirrors for years, and every book I read... I will index it myself.
0: Well, you've heard uh, a, a multitude of stories tonight. Some of them sounded absolutely straight on to me.
25: hmm Let me read you one quote from Colin Wilson. Okay. How is it possible for people to go through life without seriously thinking of certain questions? The answer is, again, disturbing because the thoughts are tied down too much of familiar things. And then he gets into... You realize this if you try to think about some fairly simple ab- abstract problem, such as why a mirror reverses your left and right sides, but not your head and feet. The mind tries to grasp the problem, then skids like a car on ice. It's as if some gravitational force pulled your mind back to the, to the near and now, and, and the ground pulls us back where we jump, when we jump. Uh, another thing that he said, was, suppose I'm looking at myself in a full-length mirror while on the other side of the room another person watches me. Yes. I look at myself and say, that is me. Then I experience a momentary dizziness and find, suddenly find I am now looking out from beyond, behind the eyes of the other person while the former me, in quotes, stands on the other side of the room, room uh, looking in the mirror. What would this experience teach me? clearly that I was mistaken to say that is me. For the real me, in quotes, is something that is transferable from one body to another. Hmm. And then the final thing from Colin Wilson, Uh, he's talking about Casper Hauser, the person who appeared from nowhere. And he's talking about uh, a mysterious letter if it was uh, written in mirror writing. Was it because Casper wrote it with his left hand, looking in a mirror, in order to disguise his writing. It is a well-known fact that it is easy to train the left hand to write backward using a mirror. That is true. So I just wanted to lay that on you because I think that you have to delve deeper, as I'm sure you're going to, into the whole mirror phenomenon.
0: It sure looks that way.
25: And uh, I'm going to start getting my edited uh, books out for you.
0: All right, thank you, my friend, and and take care. Uh, West of the Rockies, you are on the air. Hello.
15: Hi, is it me, Art?
0: It is. Well, only you know (laughs) that for certain, but it sounds like you, yes. Hi, Art. Hi.
15: Um, I've called to give you a mirror story.
0: Okay, fire away.
15: Uh, Well, about 18 years ago, I had a dream, and I had a dream where there was a woman in in the dream, and I felt very connected to her. And I reached out and I touched her. Now, I'm not going to go into the dream because that's not really the story. But about two months ago, I was doing stuff in the bathroom and I looked in the mirror and all of a sudden I recognized the woman.
0: From the dream? From the
15: dream. But the, the woman was actually me from 18 years ago. I mean, well, now I now I look like that woman. Um, I don't know if I'm making myself clear. I actually uh, dreamt about myself at the age I am now.
0: So and and what wait uh, at what age did you have the dream?
15: I was about twenty six, I think, at the time. And, and you I, are now. I'm f- almost forty.
0: And you're almost forty. So, yeah, so what's at the fight? twenty okay. at twenty six, you saw yourself in uh, a dream in a dream as forty as forty. And yep. then and then later in the mirror.
15: Right, I saw myself. I, well, I looked, and I recognized the woman from the dream, and it was me. <laughs>
0: but,
15: so the strange thing was, as I reached out to touch the mirror, I was so fascinated yes. by by this realization, and when I touched the mirror, I actually saw the younger me.
0: That is so freaky.
15: So the, so the vision that I saw, or the reflection in the mirror at the time that I touched it, months ago was the young me
0: God, you, well I've got to ask I mean how did you take all this I mean just in stride or did the hairs on the back of your nose oh, it, and...
15: it was actually very big I began to cry and I actually had a, a memory that I couldn't remember in the dream the dream was very impactful when I had it and it, it had a lot of meaning for me but there was bits of it I couldn't remember and there was a piece that came back
0: did you at the time of the, the dream understand uh, or only when you saw it in the mirror. You... Only
15: when I saw it in the mirror. I didn't know it was me at the time.
0: Uh-huh.
15: I knew I had a strong connection to her. You know, the woman in the dream was. Um, well, that go. That gets very personal. It's. Uh, <laughs> she was very. She was very bound, and I do feel kind of bound in my life, stuck in my life right now. And so, I saw myself in the place that I am on an emotional feeling level.
0: Boy, well, I hate to say it, but that's really creepy.
15: <laughs> well, you know, it might be really creepy, but at the same time, it was very impactful. It was very impactful two months ago, me coming to this realization that I did see myself as being where I am today, which was very interesting.
0: Do you? Would you want to see another vision of yourself, uh, say, an equal distant time from now? Um, or would you be afraid of that?
15: I don't think I would be afraid afraid of that. I mean, right. I wasn't afraid of it at the time. So, like I said, Art, at that time I had no idea it was me. I felt connected to me. You also have to understand at the time I was blonde and when I, I grew up until the age of about 26, I had long blonde hair and then I cut off all my hair. and,
0: and it, Why do women do that?
15: I don't maybe? know why we do that, but I did and it's grown back dark. So the woman in the dream was dark headed and Holy I didn't mackerel. have any connection to that. But... You know, so not until just a couple of months ago did I go, wow, that, that
0: was me. So you, you, you actually went from a, uh, a true blonde?
15: True blonde. You know, true. I was platinum. I was platinum. And then I, yeah, I'm dark. Well, you know, it's not really, really brown, but it's, it's pretty brown now. Yeah. matter of fact, I still have this relationship to myself that I'm a blonde, but I'm not.
9: (laughs) I'm not blonde anymore.
0: (laughs) There's still some blondness inside of you. Once a blonde, always a blonde somewhere down there. Well, thanks for letting
7: me share, Art.
0: Well, listen, thanks for sharing.
7: Bye. Later.
0: That's uh, the boy, oh boy, what a program, huh? (sighs) This one I'll remember for a while. Will I follow up uh, with Mark? You bet. Listen, that's it. What a week uh, from the high desert. And, and next week ought to be very good. And then the week after that, by the way, for those who have been asking, yes, Nancy Sinatra will be on the show. We'll have her on for an hour regarding all the music of hers that I play and some new music that she's got as well. She'll be on. That'll be a week from Monday. Next week, a great week coming up. From the high desert, I'm Art Bell. Night-night. night